This week in league, Anthony Watts charged with grade 5 attacking the head of an opponent. Anthony Mundine prepares for his next fight by uppercutting Blake Ferguson's arse and using him as a hand puppet. It's manly Christmas as Karma sets its sights on that lying bald piece of shit, sucking motherfucking shit, and who sucks on dick and licks his motherfucking Not Glenn. Plus, we preview all of the action for round 26 of the 2013 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 136 of This Week in League. I'm Nate, and Glenn's not here to do any talking, he's here to support me. I'll be doing the talking, so I'm used to that, so it's all good. He's just here to support his cuz. What do you think about that, Glenn? You tell me what I think about that. <laughs> oh man, this that, that press conference thing only just you know came out. Not long before we did, you know, did the show, uh, we started recording the show, and th- once again, we we delayed by twenty four hours this week. Again, um, it won't become a habit, but um, we we yeah, obviously delayed because uh, recording is on Wednesday night, and uh, thank fuck that we did because uh, if we had a record on Tuesday night as usual, we would have missed this uh, mundane ventriloquist act. Fucking, it just makes me. I just don't get how you can be a supreme athlete. Which, say what you want to be at Anthony Mundine, the guy's an athlete. Yeah. I'll give him that. Same with Blake Ferguson. Yeah, you can be such a supreme athlete, yet all of whatever you got from the universe to make you that supreme athlete had to come at a cost. Yeah. And the cost came at only being giving half a fucking brain. That's generous. Barely. Barely half. Barely. How could anyone think that that was well advised? It just <sighs> makes... I mean... Nothing you know, what you're, gonna, done, you know yeah. what you're going to get from Anthony Mundine. Yeah. It's going to be a stunt. It's going to be a show. He's got nothing to lose. At the end of the day, he's trying to promote a fight and sell tickets. Yep. So if he, the more of a cock he makes himself look, the better it is for yeah, him. Yeah, he he, he's cashing that shit all the way to the bank. Because yeah. he's going to he's going to have an element of people that want to that buy his fights to to watch him win. Yep. And then there's going to be a hell of a lot of people that buy his fights to to watch him get knocked out. That's right. In their eyes, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Blake Ferguson has everything to lose in that situation, and he put in, he allowed himself to be put in that situation by someone that um, that he obviously looks up to and respects. And well, the way he looked at him in his um, in the press conference, I think he might actually be in love with him. I've seen that um, look before on the face of a man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess where you're going with this. Fill in your own punchline, folks. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you some. Like I'll give you the Lego kit. You don't need instructions. <laughs> Glenn, Polynesian, Sunny Bill, oil, honey. Chair, rope, etc. Um, 35 seconds. Very, very ill-advised and, and detrimental to Blake Ferguson's chances of, of playing in the NRL again. Yeah. Now, um, and of course, <laughs> Anthony Watts, we'll, get, we'll fucking get to him later. Um <laughs> Feedback, uh, Twitter. I have to give a shout out to uh, Mad Dog underscore No Space, who tweets and said, uh, "For anyone who didn't know, Penny Tungave is playing college football at Baylor University, which is um, is something that we did know. I mean, that news came out. Uh, it was a good couple of months ago now, um, and that was the in quotes educational opportunity that he uh, retired from rugby league to to do. So um, looking like he's uh, making a go of it in college football. And good luck to him. That guy yeah. had all the physical attributes. Yep. Other than 
soft tissue and tendons. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, apparently you don't need. I mean, there's you know, if I can think of a a, a, le- a less demanding sport than American football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> physically, physical. Um, he's a physical specimen, that guy, and uh, he he was a great athlete. And it's a shame that he we didn't get to see the best of him in the NRL over a long period of time. But um, I would imagine he's built for you know not long endurance uh, bursts of energy uh, yep. and that probably suits special teams and or you know being part of the offense yep yeah exactly obviously he's got a, aspirations to be you know so you know playing the offense at the moment I think he's just doing special teams but you know a rugby league player should you know excel like a back you know should excel at that sort of thing you know much like you know AFL guys excel on you know you know massive punts and stuff like that exactly um we got a uh, Toto TV tweeted us and said uh, for the podcast a bag thief uh, snatching a bird eye's mum's purse and then realising whose it was and returned it the next day untouched. <laughs> well, I haven't heard anything about that, but um, it's a pretty funny story. Well, you probably um, thought George might come after him and whip his penis out and beat him with it. <laughs> yeah, well, like he did that car that time <laughs> up in Cairns or wherever he was. <laughs> um, Berkeley underscore Eagle tweeting uh, in relation to St Kilda's Mad Monday where... They upped They 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 took shit to a whole new level by setting fire to dwarf, to a dwarf, um, and so he said, "Yeah, maybe the maybe the dragons could get a hash cat and a hat back and burn him on their Mad Monday." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'd be a fair few fans that wouldn't mind seeing it. I'll tell you the story. My, my, my son is, is is a terrible little human at four four years of age. Uh, last night we were um, on the bed after he's had, had his bath and everything and just chilling out and. Um, the project was on and they were talking about this AFL story <laughs> and um, they had the angle they were going with it wasn't about you know footballers acting up and that sort of thing they put the twist on it and went for the dwarf angle like it happened because it was dwarf and dwarves are suffering discrimination and all this sort of stuff and so they had this woman representing dwarves you know sort of uh, she wasn't in a studio she was like you know video video LinkedIn and you know being a dwarf I mean she was she was clearly a dwarf you could only she was sitting at a desk or something so you couldn't see anything you know, like Killian's never seen a dwarf in his life, in real life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So he's seen, so so he's just seen this chick, you know, from like her, her waist up or whatever. She's at this table, and he looks at her and he goes, "He's, hey, look, daddy, there's one of those new guys." And I'm like, what do you mean? and like the context is guys. He calls those pop. Funko, <laughs> those vinyl vinyl dolls from Pop Funko. Like I've got, you know, oh. I think I've got twenty one now, and he's got about you know eight or nine, and so, he's, so he calls them guys. And um, <laughs> so he goes, look, there's one of those new guys, <laughs> and he was absolutely, he wasn't being mean about it. But and I, was, I was like, I was like, why, why is it, <laughs> why is it one of the guys? He goes, because look, she's got a really big head. Oh. And like, obviously, comparatively speaking to her body, oh, <laughs> so it's just it's just funny to see the innocence of like a child. <laughs> and he was just sitting there, absolutely in love with this chick because he couldn't believe that one of those pop vinyls could talk <laughs> and were actually real and was alive. So oh. <laughs> that, that, that's that's the thing I'm going to take away forever from that dwarf uh, you know, setting on fire story. Um, doggies, NRL underscore Bulldogs had a bit of a faux pas today on their Twitter feed. They clearly set up their Twitter um, you know, to auto post uh, or sorry, a third party app to auto post and they unfortunately hooked it up to the Bulldogs account. Uh, it's telly.com so it's like a video. It's, a, it's an app. There's a telly app and it's like a, a video thing kind of like YouTube and um, they tweeted out auto tweeted out I'm presuming from this app that uh, it's like you know you see such and such such and such liked the video on YouTube such and such this one was on telly and it's like I like in quotes you see a chubby girl in her bra and panties on the road dot 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 stop or go 
<laughs> and there's like telly.com forward slash 15T5P96 on that telly app. And so you look at the video and it's like some guys driving around, two guys in a car cruising. You can't see the, you know, the guys, they're, you know, video, videoing out of the front windscreen of the car as they're driving. And you see a, a, a girl, a larger girl in a, in a red bra and yeah, Nick is just walking down the road. Magnificent. So yeah, um, Bulldogs, <laughs> sort your social media out. Fucking you got a lot of problems in that club, let's face it. But your social media shouldn't be adding to it. How do you go getting a job where your job is social media and you can be so bad at it? Don't get it. Because, you know, I mean, it's not like the thing. You don't have to be like, you know, it's not like qualified. I mean, you can use a computer and you're prepared to, pay, you're prepared to accept but a small amount you, of money. Well, regardless of whether you're actually, I mean, if you actually want to put yourself in a position where you want to do that for a living, yep. you want to think you're a whole lot better at it than that. Fuck me, dude. Oh, yeah. And like, this, the thing is, I've got my screenshot is um eight minutes. So it took them at least eight minutes to get rid of it. Mm. I, mean, I saw that thing pop up in the timeline. That thing would be gone fucking no, no longer than 25 seconds after accidentally doing it. At, at most so you got to be better than that guys uh, NS Bear China uh, following up on the 40 nil grand final stubby holder the guy got it for free from a yard sale of course he did <laughs> I would love to know the story of this stubby holder how a grand final 2008 stubby holder makes it over to like Seattle um, you know goes into a yard sale you know passes to this guy and like it's I think you know there's a documentary in that <laughs> A pretty fucking boring one, and probably <laughs> and probably and probably very short. But you could include lots of clips of fucking. You know, be like, where did you buy this? Oh, I bought it from John at the grand final <laughs> from the fucking merch stand down outside on the Sus- down on uh, Sarsaparilla Street. You head down there. Hey John, yeah, where, where'd you get this? At the grand final. Cool. Q credits. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> then you just show footage of like that try that Beaver scored and everything, <laughs> and you know, the the fucking confetti and shit and credits. <laughs> Tune in next week on This Week in the Darkos. <laughs> this, this week in 20-second documentaries. Um, now, uh, on a blood buzz. investigate the origins of Tre- Trevor Cargo's golden nuts? <laughs> Why am I talking like this? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know either. I'm not sure I like it. Um, on a blood buzz sent us a tweet. In relation to something I said last week, and I've got to be honest, I'm, fucking, I'm a bit under the weather, and I'm, I don't remember the analogy. I remember the analogy when I was saying, like, you know, you see, someone, you see your dad with a PS4 box and... You know what I mean? Like for Christmas and you expect it and you open up the box on Christmas Day and you end up with coins. What the fuck was I talking about then? It was obviously something very fucking disappointing <laughs> for a club. No idea. Oh, no. I know what it was. It was about West Tigers playing Luke Brooks and going, fucking oh my God. And then the next week, they don't get to have him. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, so um, in relation to that, uh, Ben's tweeted and it said, I once got several Game Boy games for Christmas. I didn't have a Game Boy. Hash, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> I think we might have opened up some wounds and shit there. Wow. Yeah. Um, JR underscore 136. He said, I listened to this week's at TWI League and checked them mentoring, mentioning me. Smiley face. Hash stardom. Hash funny cunts. Hash real talk. Jeez. There you go, Brad. Enjoy. You got another one. How about your 15 seconds of fame? <laughs> you just doubled it to 30. Um, at Unky D. Who, I, I love I love that Dennis, Dennis Dennis Valente. I mean, you know, we we've yeah, he was a Facebook he was a he was a Facebook listener. He joined Twitter presumably to interact with us on Twitter and you know, you the rest of you guys. And then we called him, we took looked at his picture and he was dressed up as Hulk Hogan for a yeah. dress up party and you know, he's obviously emaciated, looks like fucking <laughs> Christian Bale in the in the machinist. But um or in, you know, Rescue Dawn or whatever Christian Bale movie you wanted you what know What we're trying to say, Nathan, is he's fucking it, look like he was from Auschwitz. It, <laughs> so, yeah. it, it looks like he's a uh, a model of made out of pipe cleaners. Yeah, and uh, and he and we called him Guantanamo Hogan. Yes. And he's actually taken that on board and that's his Twitter <laughs> he, <laughs> he loves that's his Twitter display name. So he he sent us a tweet and said, uh, merch idea. Live the poly dream with the Blakely signature series twill branded spray on tan and henna tattoo kid. <laughs> Hash money tree. <laughs> 
Um, you got uh, Shane Aaron Elvis. You guys have got me all wrong. <laughs> they got you exactly right. Uh, Shane Aaron Elvis, uh, some absolute pearls on a new episode, boys. Genuine laugh out loud moments. And, you know, probably in relation to your latent, blatant homosexuality. Blatant, blatant. Uh, Mr. Bowles, in regards to our troll. He's like, why would you bother going so deep to troll this week in League Boys? Just call them cunts and be done with it. Nate is less of a cunt, though. <laughs> yeah. What about, you want to speak? I offered, when I was uh, I was in Lithgow, which is that fuckhead's hometown, and um, he was like, oh, Lithgow, you're in Lithgow, it's my hometown. I'm like, yeah, sweet. I'm at Hotel X. I don't know yep. what the fuck the name of it was. Lithgow sure. Hotel, let's just say. No, I mean, everyone's got a the, the Royal or... Anyway, yeah. I don't know. One of the pubs there. Yep. Come down, I'll buy you a drink. No, sorry, can't make it. Yeah, He's in Lithgow. Because you, you, there's what, so much to fucking do in Lithgow other than drink. Let's list the things to do in Lithgow on a Saturday night. How much time you got? Visit your sister. Well, presumably you're living with your sister because you've been in a long-term relationship with her. Well, yeah, okay. Hmm. Oh, hang on, you're talking about my yeah, sister? Yeah, your sister, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hang on a sec, this is awkward. <laughs> well, that's a fucking telling shit that <laughs> Visit my sister, who I don't live with, and nor am I in a long-term relationship with. She's not even remotely Polynesian enough. I don't know um, why I don't have a fucking long couch. Ca- I don't know why I don't have a long couch in here, because you really work through some shit while <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine me once it gets to midnight <laughs> if I was laying on a couch? What do you think, Glenn? Yeah, that'd be like 9.35 p.m. <laughs> We'd get through the opening part and that'd be it. And we still, how many things we come up with to do on Lithgow? I think it's still just the one, yeah. just, just, just uh, yeah. romancing your sister. Yeah, a, a guy that's a fucking dirty ranger, dirty unwashed ranger that looks like he swallowed a V-dub, <laughs> couldn't possibly travel or hitchhike for three minutes down to the pub to have a beer with Because Lithgow's what, 250, 300 metres from it's, one into the next? It's three and a half minutes to anywhere in Lithgow. Yep, yep, yep. I thought so. Just a shit effort, really. Yeah, he's a cock. And, you know, and, spe- and, you know well, let's, let's segue to people who aren't cocks. Malta, RL, Malta Rugby League. The Falcons. Not Hi, guys, right. keep up the good work listening from the Maltese Islands. How magnificent is that? It's It's, it's fantastic. Sorry I for the language. Say, I mean, I hate to think with the official news source. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I don't speak Maltese. I apologise. Um, but... Um, T, you, you love the fuck out of Maltesers, though. Don't I? What? Do they come from Malta? Maltesers? <laughs> no, not at all. Oh. Is there a Maltese tree in Malta? I'm moving there. <laughs> I, I must apologise for Mario Fennec. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very... I mean, he does a lot of good work in the community. Yep. And, and he puts himself out there. I just, I just find his social media interaction quite infuriating. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't I'll think agree. he does a very good job of it. I think it's ill-advised. Yep. And I, I apologise to the good people of Malta. For having that guy represent them over here. Yeah. And uh, you know, they shouldn't call him the, the Maltese Falcon because that's just, you know, it's denigrating Malta, really. It really is. Yeah. So uh, feel free to interact with us plenty more, certainly with the, um, pardon my ignorance, did Malta make the World Cup? Surely. I would assume so. Rugby League powerhouse. You have to see. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, you know, the teams over there, the less established ones, I mean, mm. they get amongst it more than a lot of other teams, surely. Exactly. They need to be there. We and if not, go there. Yeah, and look yeah. for the mysterious Malteser tree in Malta. We'll be looking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Facebook. Dave Butler said, uh, Twillers love the show, lads. Here I am standing all alone in left field, and I want to throw an idea at you fellas. 
if Bill Belichick of the Patriots doesn't cut Tim Tebow by the time your next episode is streamed, chances are next year he will. So what I propose is when he is again a free agent, an NRL team should attempt to bring him to rugby league. Is this stupid? Maybe. But there is no downside as far as I can tell. He's never played or probably seen a game before, but the man is a pure athlete. He's a white SBW. In brackets, Q Glenn's erection. The man is highly intelligent. He will learn... In brackets, Fergie Ferg shows you don't have to be a genius to play the game well. <laughs> and the man is all character, all class. He only needs 15 to 20 minutes a game, maybe in the centres or at the back. His inability to throw a football won't be exposed in rugby league, unlike it is when he tries to play quarterback. <laughs> the true upside is the money that could be generated by having Tebow. If you paid him a million a season, which they'll give Sam Tompkins, the team will recoup that 20-fold, such as the inter- international interest in a story that is Tim Tebow. The club would make a killing in international advertising, and the game itself would gra- gain its greatest ever international exposure. Sure, maybe he won't be to play for shit but when it's all said and done but the revenue would still have been made at worst it would be a crazy profitable gimmick but maybe he could be the next great football player cheers lads but I agree with everything I agree with everything in regards to the exposure and the uh, the, the advertising etc international yeah. recognition for the game um, but it probably wouldn't be for the NRL. It'd be for New South Wales Cup or <laughs> fucking Group Six or something. I think it would be. He would have to spend an apprenticeship somewhere, which it wouldn't be viable for him to do. So, you know, getting paid the kind of money he would be, mm. and the story's not as good if he's not playing first grade. But he would need some sort of apprenticeship to, you know, at least learn the rules and stuff like. So he doesn't like you know. You could stick him in Parramatta's you know backline. Ahead of people like you know, like that, you know, like that Braden William who doesn't play, you know, yeah, he'd be better than him. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> be better than someone that's yeah. been plying their trade since I was six yeah, years I of age at this game. Yeah, I don't actually. I, shouldn't, I don't want to mention any players by name, but what I'm saying is, if you stuck him on, you know, like on the wing in a Gronk team, it wouldn't matter well, if he was like a utility. Because I know that the Tigers have said that Tim Moulton can look elsewhere. <laughs> Isn't that fucking Maybe. stupid? They fought so hard to get him to breach his contract with St. George. Yeah, but that was, you know, that was to, to cover for, for the loss, the, the debilitating loss of Robert Louis. <laughs> Fuck your size administered well. Who fucking said that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's interesting, interesting thought, and I guess we'll throw it out there to you guys what you think. I think um, as far as playing would be concerned, I think he'd probably be an utter fucking disaster. But... Mm. Uh, I mean, he only get, he gets tackled, you know. Twice a game. Yeah, but he does get tackled by fucking monsters too, though. True. Covered in armour and shit. And these are guys that are like, you know, our front rowers are, are much better athletes. They're faster and, um, but, you know, they're probably not stronger and they've probably got, you know, Explosive like 30, power-wise. 30, 40 kilos less on them as well, you know, like, and so, and hitting at that, you know, 10 metre, 10 metre fucking, you know, onside situation there. We've got two lines lining up. Yeah. I mean, those guys, you know, I don't think you generate the same sort of impact. But yeah, he's a guy. Wouldn't you know? As a quarterback, he wouldn't want to get hit much either. Interesting theory. It is interesting. I like theory. the way you think. Far too intelligent to be listening to this show. Find, yeah. a, find a better use of your time. Yeah, um, I, I just wanted to mention Christopher Nelson Smith, who who put it, who got us on Facebook uh, last week. I think it was probably on the Wednesday. He said, "Hey, where's Trust the a man with a hyphenated name?" Exactly. Hey, where's the podcast, boys? Pull your socks up. Fucking Jesus! Fucking ungrateful. <laughs> yeah, it was a like, good one last week was a fucking all time classic wasn't it and if you <laughs> delivered under pressure and timelines and these cunts that just like want to hammer us about putting oh. it out late if oh. you had been through what we've been through over the last couple of weeks yeah. between our two families exactly um, 
You'd be fucking sitting down talking with your mate football, just, you know, talking football with your mate and putting it out there. Driving 45 minutes to do so. Yeah, and then 45 minutes home. Exactly. Probably because you haven't got any mates. Exactly. Probably. Well, yeah. You would even probably sit down and talk to yourself for a well, couple of hours well, and then waste your time putting it on the internet for no one to listen to, like we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Who am I insulting here? So what we're saying is, yeah, thanks for your input. Uh, Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Kelly. So listening to it now from Tokyo. Look forward to it every week, and I love the comprehensive banter. Being away from Australia, I listen to all league slash sports podcasts from home, and you guys sound the least like Matty Johns. Keep the cat updates, Polynesian love, hash real talk flowing freely. True fan. Love it. Over there in Japan. He's my most favorite uh, Japanese person. <laughs> With the Irish Japanese person, <laughs> Brendan Kelly. Uh, Robert Smith. Brendan Kelly. I'm presuming that this is uh, not not Robert Smith of, of you know singer of the Cure, but uh, I'm taking an interest in the Tigers based purely on your podcast, Real Talk. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. That's sensational. Winning fans, left, right, center. That's <laughs> what I do. We had John McCulloch, great show, guys. Thanks for the effort. Uh, we had this is one that uh, on Facebook that we had from Matt Landrigan, who I think is I think he's a good dude. Lives just around the corner from me. From where we are right now. Um, and, and he oh, there tweeted, he is outside your window. <laughs> hey, Matt, what's up? Uh, and, he, <laughs> and he tweeted about this uh, the Saints-Eels game. He tweeted, he, sorry, he, he Facebooked it. And he said, the Saints-Eels game is as much fun as an Anthony Watts head job. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, we've got a lot of Anthony Watts stuff. And, like, honestly, too many to list. But thank you, everyone who sent us the initial article. And then, again, thank you, everyone who sent us the... Um, the, the Taiwanese made video about it all as well. Uh, Mad Dog underscore No Space was the first guy who sent it to us. Um, so credit there. And this, this actual story, I woke up on, I think, Monday morning at about six o'clock and I had the phone on the ground next to the bed, picked it up, looked at the mentions on This Week in League, and it was just like billion, not billions, maybe a dozen. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I might have slightly exaggerated, but... Um, <laughs> A dozen people go. It's like me saying, I like women this much. <laughs> it's about, like, and, and it's basically people saying, you know, oh, fuck, you know, you've got to get this on the show. Oh, fuck, the twi- yeah. you know, this week in League Guys, you've got to fucking love this. Yeah, that sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you, everyone who sent it through um, as well, because it's, it's just sensational. Uh, Chris Allen, he said, uh, I don't get how the Raiders can possibly have a culture problem. They're based in the only town in Australia that has legal porn and fireworks. Except for training, the only reason a player should be leaving his home is to buy more tissues or to blow up their neighbor's letterbox. <laughs> That's magnificent. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, so you say, you know, like Fergie Fergie and, and, and Dugan would have been in less trouble if they just had been, like, you know, drinking the, drinking the cruisers up on the roof and just throwing fucking bungers down at you know, passes by, just trying to blow Probably up cars. Probably explains half of Dugan's injuries. Well, yeah, that's it. Boyle. Or fucking, you Boyle know, or, or, one of the, or, or, or a fucking throwdown that yeah, Blake fucking got him on the leg with a throwdown. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe half of his uh, you know, groin problems are from furious <laughs> masturbation. Do you remember throwdowns? Yeah. Do you remember had him up here? No. no. That was a fucking shit. Me and I always used to get him and just fucking have throwdown fights. I was working in Sydney and um, I worked for a, a rather hilarious gentleman and um, we used to have... Uh, the the male toilet there was uh, you'd open up one door and there'd be like the basin and everything, and then yep. you'd open up a second door, yep. which was the actual toilet, and um, the second door to into the toilet you, there was a, like a bit of an opening yep. underneath. So um, yeah, if you didn't lock the main door and just lock the toilet door or whatever, people old, have access. Oh mate, 
Walt was in. You're sitting on the toilet yeah. doing your business, and you'd hear, <laughs> and just under would just like come a couple of firecrackers as you're sitting on the toilet, and there's no escape. Well, <laughs> so you, so you stand, you stand on to put them out, right? You stand on the wick. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But how are you gonna like the things? Don't burn for very long, and if he rolls them in the right direction. <laughs> you got your pants around your ankles. <laughs> it's oh, I tell ya. So was it fun? Was it? Not really. It sounds like great. What about fun. one? Because there was one. You know those ones that go off like three times. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. One, it went off, bounced, landed in my undies. <laughs> Set them on fire. Burn a big hole in my undies. Wasn't happy about that. Let me tell ya. Fireworks are awesome. Remember back when you used to, used to still be able to get them from like Byron Bay? Yeah. And we'd go down, whenever we'd go down to like Port Macquarie, whatever, City Rellos, on the way back, Dad would just fucking buy tons of them. And then so we'd have like, you know, 4th of July and that we'd actually, you know, just little fireworks in the backyard. And this is back in the day when, you know, police didn't really, you know, A guy so came around to work, you know, one of those, those fucking dodgy people that yeah. come around selling all sorts of shit yeah. in industrial estates. He came around and um, he sold him what they were called Goon Lees. <laughs> okay. These things are about probably about an inch and a quarter in diameter yep. and about three inches long yep. or four inches long. Yep. Fucking big, chunky things. Yep. Anyway, he obviously got sick of his little tiny firecrackers, slid a goon lee under the door one day. <laughs> Not knowing what the fuck was going to Pretty happen. sure it gave me industrial deafness. <laughs> fuck me. That thing was like a weapon of mass destruction. Lucky that didn't land in Mondays. How many times did you fucking get fireworked in that, in that toilet? Oh, dozens. <laughs> so you didn't fucking learn the first time to lock that other door? Look, you just forget. He would, he would, his timing was impeccable because he'd go, he'd go for a while and you think, surely he's got none left. You wouldn't even give it a thought. You'd go to the toilet, sure enough. What he's done is every single time you've gone to the toilet, he's fucking tested that outside door. Every single time. Every that's, time. that's how it worked out. Okay, email. Got one from Gavin Rennick, who's uh, yeah, emailed us a couple of times now. Uh, he said, Hi, guys. Love the latest show. You had some feedback about starting an NFL podcast. I've followed the NFL since 1989, and I'm a Denver Broncos fan. One of my favorite NFL podcasts is the Bang Cartoon Radio Hour. So it's bangcartoon.com. In the latest uh, episode, about the 35-minute mark, they play and talk about a tribute song for Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Blaine Gabbert. The song is by a Florida band called Rick Singleberry and the Casual Lovers. It doesn't sort of the heights of real talk, but definitely worth a listen. So there you go. If you're looking for a NFL podcast recommended by a listener of the show, bangcartoon.com. Get on there. I haven't listened to it yet. Um, season starts in a couple of days, so yeah, this weekend. So looking forward to it. But uh, you know, I might look for something to listen to then. Catwatch. Catwatch this week, courtesy of Mr. Wars again. But this week is, well, just a little crazy. An actual headline that followed the London Broncos' 20-10 very vanilla victory over the Bradford Bulls claimed Jamie Sauer to be the, in quotes, Wizard of Oz. But the cat had finally pulled a decent game out of that little midget hat. He did some good shit and a little bit of shit shit to help the Broncos snap a losing streak that dated back to April 27 in a game of rugby league that made having your penis bitten by Anthony Watts sound like a better way of passing an afternoon. Let's be frank here. The Bulls were poorer than Glenn after a bender in a gay Polynesian brothel. And their, <laughs> and their playbook made teenage pregnancy... Samuel, come on, mate. You know that's not true, buddy. And their playbook made teenage pregnancy, 3am kebabs, and Paramount season membership seem like good life choices. But credit where credit's due, the angry midget did set up a lovely try, scoring another off an intercept and finishing with two of three from the boot. Late in the game, in a strange but completely rock star, fuck all you cunts moment, he kicked the ball off the tee while Bradford's Jamie Foster lined up a conversion, getting himself sinbin. <laughs> the man's just angry, but not as angry as the rash around my anus and foreskin. Ash, real talk. Ash, Vegemite factory. 
<laughs> I imagine he's talking about yeast. <laughs> that last paragraph wasn't really fucking necessary, was it? <laughs> no. Most of what comes out of Sam's mouth isn't really necessary. Look, nothing surprising. It was very early in our friendship with Sam when he was on that... Uh, documentary on SBS about sexual deviance <laughs> and we're not even fucking joking he literally he Chris. was he, he was on a SBS documentary about sexual deviance uh, watching porn on iPads and we're not even fucking not even trying to be funny it's fucking God's truth fact Okay, first story, a big one, Greenberg. The NRL head of football, Todd Greenberg, will be asked to front an investigation into the possible cover-up of an alleged domestic assault involving Bulldog star Ben Barber. The NRL confirmed it had engaged the services of an independent senior counsel rather than its own integrity and compliance unit to avoid conflicts of interest in a case involving one of its most senior employees. However, Greenberg, who was the Canterbury chief when the alleged cover-up took place in February, will not have to stand down while the investigation runs its course. ARL Commission Chief Operating Officer Jim Doyle confirmed Sydney Barrister Tony Bannon SC would begin his review on Tuesday. The Bulldogs have been asked to supply all records of the events leading up to their decision in February this year. It's going to be an independent rather than myself or NRL Integrity Officer Nick Weeks, someone who's totally independent because they're going to have to focus a good amount of time on it. Uh, it needs to be very clear and transparent, done from an independent third party so we can get their findings or recommendations. It is our intention that the review will be completed as soon as possible, but it's ultimately up to Mr. Bannon to determine the final time frame. So, the uh, ARLC announced the formation of the Integrity Unit on February 7th, two weeks before Barber's partner Ainsley Curry fronted Greenberg with concerns about the welfare of Dallium medalist Ben Barber. The next day, the club announced that Barber had been stood down indefinitely to deal with personal issues which were subsequently reported as gambling and alcohol problems. Um, Doyle said that he was unaware of the existence of a photograph allegedly of Barber's partner with a bloody mouth. You seen that photo? No, I haven't. Okay, it's 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 around on the on the new sites. Um, you you only see like it's kind of like the affected area, like you know you sort of see like you know from the nose, you know, across to the side of the face, and then it's all you know like busted lip and you know bruising on the jaw and stuff. Um, Curry, through her lawyer, maintained she was not a victim of domestic violence. No formal complaint has been made to New South Wales Police in relation to this matter, and as a result, there is no investigation. A police spokesperson said the pair have recently reconciled, and Canterbury have granted Barber a release from the final two years of his contract to follow Curry North and join Brisbane. However, it's understood the Broncos were unaware of the domestic violence allegations. Greenberg's not re- returning calls. And uh, the Broncos are going to back the player. Fuck, that's a dangerous position for the Broncos. Look, it's it seems to be... Just, just keep it at arm's length. The way things are being they? reported, it seems to be there's no, little dispute that she was the, the woman that presented herself at the Dogs and said something's happened. Which means, you know, therefore, you know, it follows that that photo that's circulating is of her. It then follows that she's saying, you know, don't don't sack him or you know anything like that. I mean, it's, she kind of has a vested interest in a vested financial interest in him continuing to play and oh, not I be mean, charged or jailed. In right? order of providing for his kids, he's going to do a better job of it if he's playing first grade yeah, NRL. Exactly, and for and for herself, I mean, she has a personal interest as well, you know, above and beyond the kids. Um, this whole thing is fucking. And then the fact that they've actually got together, and you know, originally his release, you know, on on you know compassionate grounds was mm. like she's taking the kids to Brisbane. I want to be close to my kids. No the whole story. Um, 
and the way it's been portrayed, it, it seems very, very carefully crafted. Um, and there, there was a lot of sympathy for Barber out there. And in February at remember, the time, remember, yeah. if you remember, Wally Lewis went on, on Channel Nine said that there was a, it was um, domestic, domestic violence, domestic yeah. violence, and he got absolutely lambasted and there were people that. saying oh he's going to you know he is gonna lawyers are going to have yeah. and I was actually thinking just recently what have we became of that why didn't Wally get sued just on my own little personal yeah. thoughts in my head in when I was you know in the bath yep yep look playing with my sonny bill doll yeah right yep um, that's what I do. It's, it's like in delirious. Nothing like, sexual about it. Sunny Bilga, Sunny Bilga, swimming on the water. Sunny Bill wants to find out where the bubbles is coming from. <laughs> swimming down the bottom of the ocean, so he starts to venture into the cave from whence they came. <laughs> you know that, right? You see that even if you're delirious, right? Nah. <laughs> But, you stick the sunny bill doll up your ass. Isn't <laughs> I, I got that. I got where you were going with it. Um, but I actually, yeah, I thought, how come if that was me, and I had some, you know, some issues, yeah, and I'd been stood down from and some some media identity had come out. The set was patently untrue on, or something. on national national news program, yeah, yeah. and said that it was related to domestic violence when it clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd be lawyering up in uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And so you have numerous issues here. You got the, obviously, you know, what barber, you know, the barber thing. He's just he's, you know, if this has happened, he's dumped himself straight in the Louis category. Apart from the fact he didn't do it twice, but once is enough for me. Yeah. So he yeah, should. I mean, he should. He should have all twelve. That should be twelve months out. You, I, I don't know. They put you on another level. Yeah. To, to have it compound to do yeah. it once that you're done exactly. Exactly. You know, if you have that in your character, regardless yep. of what you got going on in your life or or what you might be experiencing, if you have it in your character to to at any point mm-hmm. to to physically assault a female, mm-hmm. um, then fuck you. You basically deserve to have the book thrown at you. As far as and I'm do you remember, I had an article sent to me from like 2009, back when Barber, you know, hadn't the advent of Barber hadn't happened, mm. and this is when Jamal Idris was like a young superstar, and he was and he was out drinking with Jamal Idris and another uh, doggies player who who'd been in some trouble, you know, his career, whose name escapes me right now, and um they they went out and then they went uh, Ainsley or you know whoever his girlfriend at the time was picked them up. Um, they were going to go back and continue drinking like at his place or someone's place. They stopped at a bottle or somewhere on a pub on the way. Ended up, you know, they're drunk and everything and then Barber's ended up firing up and pressing this other guy up against the wall and Jamal Idris has snotted him. And this was like, you know, a, a bad incident. You know, this is back in 2009. I've, I, I fucking totally forgot about it. So I hundred percent about it. I mean, this is and this is interesting. Yeah, so Idris is, is feeding and punching him in the face and you hear these other stories of things that happen to training that we can't repeat. But... He sounds like he's got fighting in his blood. He sounds like he's a battle-crazy little gnome. <laughs> I mean, you, you cast your mind back to last season. Yep. And, and even the season before, when yep. he was coming off the bench and he was doing all sorts of magnificent things. And it was like a matter of when. Yeah. You know, was this guy going to explode? Yeah. You know, it, it was like they were, you know, keeping the powder dry, so yep. to speak. They were coming, he was coming off the bench. He was carving up. And they were like, fuck, when's he going to be in the starting side? And yep. then last year he exploded. Um and he's and certainly the perception in the media was a media darling. Um, he could do no wrong on the field. Everybody loved him. Dally yep. M winner, all the rest of it. 
um, you just wonder how carefully crafted it all was. And, yeah. and when you look at, again, you know, anyone with the, you know, the thought process to, to think it's acceptable to assault a woman, um, you know, that's that's no media, darling. That's no. that's no one that is, uh, you know, a fan favourite or... You know, exactly. It's not something for children to aspire to be like. Certainly not. Now, which, which you know, thousands of kids yeah, would have been. We have to unpack it. There's like a couple, there's many separate issues here. The first one is obviously, you know, Barber, you know, has painted himself. He could be a bit of a Louis. And so he needs to, if that is true, if it gets investigated and proven, then he's got... It's, it's alleged. Yep. It doesn't look good. But. Exactly. If it, if it is proven, he needs to cop the same 12 months. That, I mean, they've established a 12 months thing for Louis. Exactly. Um, anything less than that is going to invite, you know, criticism and, you know, whatever. Um, the second thing is the whole premise behind his release from the dogs. The whole premise is like, oh, you know, my ex, who I acrimoniously broke up with because of, you know, degenerate gambling and, al- and alcohol ways mm. that I then was, you know, forced into rehab to adjust. She's taken my kids for up to Brisbane. Weeks. Yeah, she's t- yeah, for yeah, 17 days or whatever it was. Yeah. She's, she's taking the kids up to Queensland. I'm going to miss the kids. I need a release on compassionate ground so I can go up and be with the kids. As it turns out, they're a couple. I would imagine that given that he's by far the primary breadwinner in the family, I would imagine that the family would probably stick around where he had his job. So he's what he's done is use this as an excuse to gain release from a job where perhaps teammates weren't too keen on him if this other stuff was true. Certainly. Just have um, a clean state. Could certainly be painted that way and based on what we know. Yep. Probably is. Um, and then finally, the other, the other issue is uh, Todd Greenberg. Without a shadow of a doubt, a woman has come to them, you know, alleging domestic violence and stuff like that. Whether it was his wife, whether it was him that did it, that's all up for, you know, that's all alleged and, you know, no one knows and, yet. And that's, that's to be played out, you know... Hopefully um, played out. Via, via this investigation and, and we can't really... You know, yep. we, we, anyone commenting on that is purely speculating and and... You know, regardless of what you might think of him, based on what we know or what we perceive, he, he deserves the right of, you know, the investigation taking its course. But Greenberg, he's absolutely covered up this story because this none of this ever came out, and there's so much that is, you know, on the record that's not speculating mm. that he's covered up something, absolutely one hundred percent. And how is it? Yeah, is it is it pure coincidence <laughs> that the week. You know, less than a week after he's he's grant he's signed with the Broncos, or well, the week he's due to play his next team. Oh, exactly yeah. right. So it, it, whether it's the the juiciest of ironies or or, or carefully crafted again, um, he signs with the Broncos. Yep. This comes out. He's due to play the Broncos this week. Yep. Um, how is it? How is that? Timing eventuated. Tell me hypothetically. Not by pure luck, I don't think. Tell me hypothetically, he doesn't get, request the release. He doesn't go and sign with the Broncos. Does this story ever fucking come out? I, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's funny. You look it's, back it's, at it's articles. It's on public record that yeah. the that the Bulldogs are the ones requesting this investigation. Yeah, and obviously Raylene Castle's gone in and said, "Not on my fucking watch." This might have happened under the previous administration, but you know. She's not tarnishing her, you know, her watch. And I must admit, um, I saw a tweet from the the mole from Rugby yep. League Week. He he's of the opinion, and and I don't know what he's based this on, and it, you know, I'd be speculating if I said that I did. Um, but he's of the opinion that the Broncos knew. Well, interesting. 
Well, it has been. I mean, you know, rugby league people are saying it's been the worst kept secret in rugby league, and there's been articles all through the year about it, and I don't know how they didn't become a fucking thing. So it's amazing the job, you know, like the protection that, that you know, being a face of the game, you know, Dally, Dally and winner, that sort of thing. It's amazing the protection that sort of thing affords. Oh, absolutely. It's incredible. And um, I hope to see if he did something, I want him gone. Uh, I want Greenberg, I mean, whether he did or not, Greenberg's covered up something. His position's untenable. He needs to be gone. And let's face it, there's tons of stuff we know that Greenberg's done as well that we can't mention on this show that for fear of being obliterated legally that is 100% fucking true that uh, that he's done and it's completely at odds to all this oh he's a fucking good operator oh he's a superstar this guy he's fucking you know he's he's like Look, as, as far as um, he's like Searle to the power of Searle I agree with that and, and with the as far as a businessman goes yeah th- those sorts of things in business there's you know coaxing you know the the thing with Des Haslow that happens in business every day. Yeah, every, but you know we're not going to mention day. everything that happened there though. No, no, I, I agree with that because that's the part that doesn't happen in business and people end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I, I just I, I, the whole timing of it is a thing that stinks the most to me. Yeah. Um, and you know if the Broncos knew, then more fool them because they're going to lose a player for twelve months. That exactly was was you know they're obviously planning on turning their fortunes around. Uh-huh. Um. And if they knew, then more fool them. If they didn't... If they knew, shame on them. And I hope they have a a fucking karma kick them in the balls. It certainly goes against um, their their policy that saw, you know, the likes of Neville Costigan, um, Ian Lacey, um, Dean Gagai. um, Yeah, that's just off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Players um, sacked from the club for... for Compared with what's alleged to have happened here... Fairly yeah. fucking minor indiscretions. It's amazing what a season finishing 13th will do to your fucking ethics. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, if if they didn't know and the Broncos have pulled their wool... Uh, sorry, the Bulldogs have pulled the wool over the Broncos' eyes and the Broncos have paid $300,000 for the privilege. Yeah. Jeez, um, I'd be bleating if I was the Broncos. Yep. I agree. Okay. Well, more more of that story to play out, but it, it fucking doesn't look good for Greenberg. And rightfully so, if he has covered it up, uh, well, it's, I don't think it's alleged that he's covered something up. Exactly, it's um, just the and, extent and the level to what's that, happened. You know, the level and the, uh, the layers that he's gone to in order to do that will no doubt be be found out within this investigation, and um, uh, he could be he could be looking decidedly um, shaky. Yeah. And and, he, and his, his his character will be severely under question, which up till now it never has been, except by people manly know fans. like manly fans <laughs> alright next uh, Anthony Watts our old mate everyone who listens to the show for any period of time knows the history there um, the QRL they're monitoring investigation in an on-field claim that ex-NRL player Anthony Watts bit another player on the penis during a melee in the Gold Coast competition a Belamble player pulled down his shorts and alerted match officials to the alleged incident after the first half brawl sparked by Chugans Watts in the Gold Coast Rugby League Bycroft Cup preliminary final on Sunday 
The player declined to make an official complaint, but GCRL operations manager Tom Marzella confirmed they were reviewing footage of the match and could lay charges if there was sufficient evidence. Watts appeared before media in Brisbane on Monday with his solicitor Mark Williams to deny the allegation. Williams said Watts absolutely denies that any biting of any nature has taken place. Now, if there's been any contact made to that particular area of this gentleman's body, our client apologises. Williams said rugby league was a full contact professional sport and contact was made during play to all parts of people's bodies. Whether it is real or imagined, contact can occur and that is a very real risk. Marzella said the QRL asked to be kept up to date with the investigation due to the allegations seriousness. We will know more tomorrow. We will have to wait for reports from match officials and the clubs involved before the judiciary panel meets this afternoon to review the situation. It can't move ahead until then. Unlike any, oh, sorry, like any biting charge, while this is a little more unusual, we have to follow procedure. Conclusive evidence may be difficult to find as only one video camera was used at the match. <laughs> so, fucking... It's funny how these guys find new lows to, to, to plumb the depths of. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, yeah. Let's face it. <laughs> but the funniest thing to come out of it. Yeah. That video... The Taiwanese news service. I can't remember what they are, but I mean, I can't remember what was the what was the news thing that they did that was the one that brought the, them to the Western first prominence. Spill. That's right. Of course, they had the one there with the with uh, Gillard and, and Rudd yeah. and Tony Abbott shooting Tony. at the boat people. <laughs> and they I not mean, like they shooting at boat people, but this video seek it out by all means. I'll embed it on the website when uh, we've got this episode as well, so you can watch it. It's just incredible. I mean, like references, like I like the, the player like crying buckets of tears and yeah. you know pointing to a doll, you know where he got bitten and the, the QRL guy throwing up, and then at the end, you know what goes to like the John Hopewadi school, of, yeah. you know some sort of school, and then it shows Hopewadi and uh, it shows. Sporting uh, perverts. Yeah, it shows Monaghan, and yeah, oh, fuck me, it's funny. It's just so well done. I mean, just it, it's it, the the quality of the the Western style jokes in there too are just like fucking amazing. It's it's one of the best videos I've ever seen, and uh, I wish they'd do like a, a video of every one of our shows because I reckon it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you need to make some Taiwanese friends. Then it'd be you, like you know, you like sixty nine player, like Sonny Bill, munching on his cock. Wait, 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 wait! You got uh, me all wrong. NRL nines, uh, rugby league preseason competition is back next season. Two million dollars will be the prize pool, and it's going to be unveiled. Well, I mean, I guess you're listening to this Thursday morning, so it's going to be on Thursday morning. All sixteen clubs will be competing in the NRL Auckland nines at Eden Park on February fifteenth to 16th. Winners walk away with about 450 grand while teams will be guaranteed a minimum of 90,000. Clubs must provide at least one of their five highest played players in their squad of 16, which will include at least 12 players from the club's top 25 squad. Rugby League last had a pre-season seven tournament in 2004. NRL head of football Todd Greenberg said the competition would help develop the game. It's been more than 12 months in the making. It's a great shot in the arm for the game that Auckland Tourism has shown such significant strength to invest in a concept like this. It's a really important strategic part for the game. It'll grow audience, viewers and new fans to the game. It opens it up to new markets. The event will be unchanged for the next five years with Auckland Tourism events and economic development tipping in a $9 million sponsorship. Rules may be altered too with Australian coach Tim Sheens to head a rules committee. Initial changes being considered include scoring teams to kick off. Fans will also have the opportunity to put forward possible rule changes. It's clear that this time of the year most clubs are playing trials which don't have a great commercial return. We found a slot in the season structure which we think can work really well. I think you'll find that players will be very engaged to compete for big prize money. I think players will play to win. Teams will be divided into four pools with the top two advancing to the finals and maybe grouped based on 2013 performances. Unlike the previous World Sevens tournaments, there will be no minor playoff games. Two pool games will be played on day one with the final group match followed by finals on day two. Several clubs have already made inquiries about staging camps. Some will take their whole squad over to make it a real pre-season camp. 
Clubs will play regular trial matches on the weekends, either side of the ninth tournament before the NRL season kicks off on Thursday, March 6th. Uh, Greenberg said the ninth tournament plus the annual All-Stars match, which has been postponed next year because of the World Cup, would launch the season together from 2015. So it's going to work as a 16-man squad with 12 of the players from the club's top 25 squad. At least one of the top five paid players from each club. Players have to feature in at least one game, likely to be shown on Fox Sports. Prize money from 90 grand to 450 grand. Four pools, top two teams progress to finals. Clubs able to wear once-off jerseys, which means the Warriors will be fucking loving that. And uh, there'll be 18-minute matches. I think it's a great concept. I think it's great too. I used to love the old sevens. Yeah, I mean, the, the West Tigers are the uh, reigning sevens premiers, um, champions, if you will, Nathan, and, um, you know, undefeated since then, and uh, hence <laughs> the term undefeated, um, which I've been trotting out for quite some time now. Um, oh, I couldn't see anything that would indicate that, that West Tigers wouldn't dominate a nines tournament much as they have the, the NRL competition this season. And um, I look forward to, the, to them, you know, scurrying home with uh, with a big wad of prize money in their pockets. As it turns out, like, <laughs> the only way that the West Tigers could dominate, I mean, as we found on the weekend, the only way the West Tigers could dominate a nines tournament is if the other teams fielded eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they dominate the shit out of that. <laughs> now, and also Manly used to do very well at sevens as well. It's good to see. Um, it would be... There'd be some entertaining teams. Imagine the Warriors playing nines. Yeah, oh. and this is the thing, you know, because the players, you know, obviously the forwards will get, you know, you know, dropped off and they won't really play that much. And so then you'll get, you know, you'll have your top your top squad guys, but then you'll have these wild cards that are like, you know, four or five guys from, you know, Holden Cup and, you know, Reggie's that are just like not the best players in the world, but just like just fucking speed machines. Yeah. <laughs> so you get, those, you know, some of those guys in there as well, small but speed Sean machines. Sean Johnson with his... Um, Carve it. With his touch footy skills. Yep. Carve it up. Fuck. Cherry Evans, fuck me, he'll do, he carves it up when there's 13 guys on the other side of him. Imagine that. He's just carving. Nah, Unbelievable. imagine it. Guys like Jorge. Fuck, he palms off nine guys on his way to the try line every time. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking <laughs> shit, same old, same old for him. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll, uh, it will add something to the preseason. I think we get a lot of trials and stuff, which people don't normally... You can't really take a lot away from. It's a bit of uh, hit and giggle, but this uh, is probably got a little bit more credibility. Teams will take it a little bit more serious, uh, given the prize money involved and some yep. of the, the structure of the whole thing. I'm a bit worried about Sheenzy being on the rules committee. Oh, what's, you know, what's he going to do? What can, well, what can he do? Well, Roy Simmons and Daniel Fitzhenry. That's what will happen. Yeah, what will they be? I mean, like, they're just like, you know, they've got to be in every side that plays. One of them. <laughs> Jesus. How can you affect that? Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's funny, you're really on, on Fitzhenry, but you know, there's West Tigers fans that fucking love that guy. Yeah. What man? Yeah, those guys are grunks. <laughs> all right. Fergie Ferg. We sort of alluded to it at the top, <laughs> top of the show, but uh, Canberra still have no indication when he will uh, front the club's board for a compulsory meeting they're calling. They have not seen nor heard from him uh, since he left for Sydney on August 24th. It's all but certain his career at the club is over. Uh, Chief Executive Don Ferner passed a message to Ferguson through his cousin Anthony Mundine late last week to advise him he was required back in Canberra for a compulsory face-to-face meeting. While the club has yet to organise a time for the meeting, they're aiming for late in the week as Ferguson is due back on court uh, in Sydney and on the indecent assault charge against uh, over the alleged incident at Cronulla Nice Spot in July. I haven't actually heard how that panned out either. Have you heard anything about that? 
Uh, it got it's a turn again, didn't it? Did it? Oh, typical. Um, despite talking to Mundine, the Raiders say they don't know whether Ferguson will return to Canberra after his court appearance. Uh, Josh Dugan was also afforded the same opportunity by the Raiders earlier this year before declining and getting the sack. Regardless for both parties, the meeting looks to be nothing more of a formality to put a neat full stop at the end of Ferguson's three seasons at the Raiders. His behaviour over the past three weeks has indicated he wants out of the club he re-signed with for another two years just four months ago. His teammates dropped out of finals contention against the Warriors over the weekend with a fifth straight loss, of which Ferguson has missed four. As well as spending all last week MIA, Ferguson opted to be in Sydney for two of those matches instead of supporting his teammates at Canberra Stadium. In fact, he was so keen to get to Sydney in one instance, he was fined by police for allegedly driving 18 kilometres an hour over the speed limit with a suspended licence. It means that as well as the Sydney court, court date that he had on Tuesday, he's also due to appear in Mossvale local court for the driving charge on October 21. And if the Raiders don't sack him before then, he only has to wait until October 31 until he can activate a release clause in his contract that was triggered when coach David Ferner was sacked a fortnight ago. What a fucking sorry tale. And he's not doing himself any favours when you look at the way he carried on. Um, just looking lovingly into the side of Anthony Mundine's head during that press conference. Why, why would you put yourself there? What are you trying to achieve? I yeah, don't I get mean, it. it or anyone that has this Mundine sort of you know, aura around them, they, none of them come out looking good. Even look at Sonny Bill now. He's resurrected everything and people love him again. But he's he's also you know detached himself from from Mundine to you know to a great oh, extent. I don't know that he's detached himself, but what he has done is by way of his his exploits on the field, and he and and to Sonny Bill's credit, yeah, hasn't really had other than the whole Bulldogs thing. Yeah, you wouldn't say he's had off field indiscretions. Yeah, I guess the Candace Fowlson thing, but that was yeah. more. I mean, who can't you know who hasn't banged a chicken at public toilets at a, at a bar? Yeah, not me. Sorry. Oh. I can barely use a public toilet. <laughs> James Tamau. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, at the end of the day, you can't argue with Sonny Bill's form yep. on the field. Um, and off the field, he keeps his nose fairly clean. Um, whereas you can't really say the same about Blake. He's, uh, he's gone from one disaster to the next. And, and yep. his form on the field this season, you know, it's warranted a, a, a New South Wales origin spot. He, he's he just this was his breakout year and he's cocked it up for himself. Exactly, and, exactly. And it looked like he sort of he'd steadied the ship, and then boom, now it's even fucking worse than it could have ever possibly yeah, imagined. It. It, uh, he's absolutely he's Hindenburg that. <laughs> so I, I, look, I mean, like let's face it. To let's, say he was ill-advised would be the, a gross understatement. Let's share a story. We were watching that press conference before we started recording tonight, and you just had your head in your hands when it's like I can't watch this fucking any. Like, I just can't. Well, I, watch, I can't even problem. listen to it anymore. I have a real problem. Um, with Ben Stiller movies, right? Yeah. You got so a problem with Ben Stiller? Okay. Not so much Ben Stiller, yeah. but his movies I find really cringeworthy. And okay. I can't, I get physically, like I get this weird feeling when I watch something super cringeworthy and I, I can't look at it. It yeah. freaks me out. Um, and socially, like if there's just something that happens that's really cringy, I, I, it, I, it does my head <laughs> in. That press conference yeah. was like watching 10 Ben Stiller movies at once. <laughs> I just don't get it. Not a fan of Dodgeball? No. Never seen it. Never seen that one. What are the there's a couple there's a couple that I couldn't even get through. I mean look, I'm not I'm not gonna come and say I'm a massive Ben Stiller fan, half his movies are shit, but there are a couple of good ones in there. There's a couple of good ones in there. Dodgeball's a fucking classic. Anyway, what my point was I can't watch cringeworthy shit and I couldn't make my way through that pro- that uh press conference. Alright. Hopper Junior. Well, 
Ricky Stewart. He's uh, there's not enough information on it yet, but he, he's weighing up whether he's going to coach uh, the Eels or, or you know accept a, a big money deal to go back to Canberra. But uh, his decision it could determine if William Hopewade plays at Parramatta next season. Hopewade's manager Tyron Smith is closely monitoring the turmoil at the once proud Eels. Another crack in the club's foundations occurred during the week when a group of football club members started a secret campaign to secure the 106 signatures required to force an extraordinary general meeting. They intend to demand accountability from the board and take and management for the direction Parramatta's taken in the past few years. Smith stressed that Hopewadi was on course to head to Parramatta, but it could be assumed one likely interested party if that change would be the dogs. Apart from being coached by Desi the dog, who uh, obviously led uh, Hopewadi and Manly to the Premiership in 2011, the club made a lucrative but unsuccessful bid for Israel Folau and troubled fullback Ben Barber was released to play for Brisbane. There's widespread speculation on Saturday night that Parramatta could part ways with Stewart as early as Sunday, although Chairman Steve Sharp, when contacted by the media, denied rumours of a late-night board meeting or suggestions that the coach was Raiders bound. He's given us no indication he wants to leave and there's no reason for us to believe he won't see out the final two years of his contract, Sharp said. Smith is sure Hopewadi, who represented New South Wales at state of origin level before spending two years as a Mormon missionary in South East Queensland, would want to honour his deal. So, uh, Tyron Smith said that his duty is to ensure that a 21-year-old utility back would join a club that would allow him to fulfil his potential. He said, uh, I'm watching what's going on at Parramatta very closely, said Smith. Uh, William is an extremely loyal person, and while he wouldn't know much about what's happening at Parramatta because the mission forbids him from watching TV, listening to the radio, or reading newspapers, he'd want to honour the deal. My opinion is if everything stays the same, William will definitely fulfill his commitments at Parramatta. But uh, when prompted, Smith said that everything stays the same means Stewart is uh, still the coach. What a sordid tale. Yeah. Again, I don't... This whole Parramatta thing, once proud club... Yeah. What the fuck are they to be proud of other than a fucking... Two, two blips on the radar since 1986. Exactly. So say mid-80s, that's, that's about where the pride should have ended. I mean, they couldn't take credit for. I mean, two thousand or whatever year it was, like or two thousand one, they couldn't take credit for that year because they got pumped in the first half and embarrassed, and they couldn't take place two thousand nine because fucking fluke. And and let's remember that Hopewadi's manager is Tyron Smith. Yeah. That motherfucker has had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Yeah. And he's he's played for everyone, and he yeah. was, he didn't discriminate who the fuck he played for. No. He played for South. He played for the Tigers. He played for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and God knows who else. Yeah. And, and you know, if Tyron Smith saying. Mate, I don't think you should play for that club. The fuck does that say about your club? Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. I, I think part of it's a beat up. I think Hopewadi will still yeah. be at Parramatta next year, but I think he will be too. But he's a bit of a beat up. And what about what about the club that he gets um, linked with, the Bulldogs? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what, mate? Just activate the break in your in your contract. Come over to see us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just saying that, you know... Interesting times. Those same people that would be like... That you know, lauded the, the Des Hasler situation and, and would be the same if Hopewadi came. Mm-hmm. They were the same people that still carry on about Sonny Bill. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying they shouldn't ha- have a legitimate gripe. I'm just saying there's an element of hypocrisy there. And there's a barber thing as well. Bitching Amen. about barber Amen. as well. You know, like, like, like karma is some fucking force that doesn't exist in this world. Amen. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to skip the next story because we've gone too long. Uh, Maloney, though. We've got to talk about this one. The NRL has banned a mischievous ploy by Origin star James Maloney, or stars a bit. Yeah, a bit of a stretch. 
Origin player James Maloney to take his players out of play on the eve of the finals. In recent weeks, the Roosters 5-8 has been sprung throwing the footy boots of opposition players into the crowd. It's a sneaky tactic he's been getting away with without even a caution from the referees. He did it to Blake Ferguson a month ago against the Raiders and last Sunday to Kevin Gordon in the Titans game. Maloney is a fierce competitor who will try anything to win the grand final this year at the Roosters, but the NRL says it's a tactic it will not tolerate for crowd and player safety reasons. Clearly, an incident which involves any risk of injury to a fan or player, such as a boot being thrown into the crowd, is of concern. Uh, we have addressed the issue with the Roosters football department, who assure us it will not be recurring. Roosters coach Trent Robinson has confirmed he will speak to his 5'8 about it. It's not a major issue, but I've noticed him do it a couple of times, Robinson said. He's just a cheeky player and a great competitor who will look for any edge he can get. But he respects the laws of rugby league too and would never do anything to harm the game. We'll have a chat to him about it. I don't have... I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's probably not a, a huge topic. Um, but if you were sitting in the crowd and you had a size 11 hooked in your face... Well, you got to go back in the defensive line and get fucking trampled on by a cunt wearing boots on your foot that's just got a sock on it. These players are playing on without the, sh- the shoe on. Like they're saying, they're saying here that Kevin was it Kevin Gordon? He played on for more than five minutes on one boot. What? Says what if he had to like try and run someone down? He would have been fucked. Yeah, yeah, he would have been. Should have gone barefoot. So basically, rather than leave it, leave a hole in the defensive line while they're trying to fucking you know recover this boot, he's playing with one boot on. That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's dangerous yeah. for those guys too. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, but you know, it's a dangerous place to sit in the crowd. I would love that it sits uh, just in front of us, slightly to the left, two seats to the left. Um, she commutes from Toowoomba yeah. for Broncos home games. She got hit with the ball twice on Friday night. Same woman was in the Benji, Benji wasn't playing, was he? Sorry? Benji wasn't no, no, kicking, <laughs> legitimately kicking for touch. Oh, kicking for touch, okay. It wasn't, um, you know, Benji you know, over the sideline. Um, what, are, what are the odds of the same person getting hit with, with a ball twice in one game? We think they'd, you know, they'd, they'd be ready they, every time a kick came and get ready to catch it, you know, next no, time. It fucked. She saw that the second one. She saw it coming and watched it the whole way, and it smacked her straight in the arm. She didn't move an inch. <laughs> so what she was just like, she missed. She, you know, she was like a Marty Vatavai. She just fucking just missed it. You know, misjudged it. it was, she just had a ten thousand yard stare on and watched it the whole way, and um, smacked her straight in the arm. And she's like, "Oh, that hurt." Get away, catch it. You know, you're dead of options. Your fucking eyes. Toowoomba dulls your senses. Eyes are not painted on. What were we talking about again? Maloney being (laughs) a cheap little cunt. throwing boots. Not a major issue, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's probably not in the spirit of the game. Exactly. I I, I wouldn't do it. It's definitely cheating, and he needs to be punished for it, and I think if he does it again, he needs to be sent off. Or binned. Fuck me dead, mate. Take all the Roosters' points off him. Yeah, fucking dump him down the bottom. No, I wouldn't go that far. I don't hate the Roosters as oh, much as most things. You hate things. life. <laughs> I love life. <laughs> um, and finally, suspensions. Gallon copped the week for a crusher, but he's bitching that the reason why he copped it was because, you know, carry over points from the bullshit, you know, Nate Miles thing in the origin. And, oh, um, poor him. It's a crusher, motherfucker. I oh, just, oh, just really quickly, I didn't want to read anything out from it. I just, I just want to say, um, stop fucking bitching, fool. Um, you, sh- you know, as a crusher, you could have been out for fucking the rest of the season quite frankly. I love how you call him a fool now, but origin time, he's a hero. Hey, so it's mate against mate, state against state. And he's not my fucking mate right now. Trade against trade. He's, you know, you know trade, trade, trade against mates, I guess, in your case. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, stop bitching. I mean, like, you know, that origin thing, that happened ages ago, and yeah, you have, you have a point and everything, but you know, if people aren't hearing you, so just, you know, it's, it's annoying. Shut up. Fucking take your wig like a man. You fucking cost me a fucking fit and able player in my Supercoach Grand Final this weekend, cunt. 
And that explains the level of distaste. <laughs> you know, when he got suspended at first, I didn't even fucking put two and two together until I looked at my team today. And I was like, oh, you fucking cunt. <laughs> so now I've got to try and scrounge up fucking 17 fit players. I don't know if I've got them. Poor but you. everyone has Gallon pretty much. So, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Recaps for games from, what is it, round 25 of the NRL season, 2013. Oh my God, we're fucking just about at the end. Well, you know, you, you pretty much are at the end. Um, Fuck you know, off, mate. Half the teams aren't, but you know. And you know what, I will say it's pleasing. I noticed this, uh, I was just checking the stats of the show today. And traditionally, in all of our previous seasons, about round 20, <laughs> around 19, it starts to drop off. Like and, power fans. And by the time we get to like, you know, the grand final and stuff like that, Apart from a spike for the Twillies and stuff like that, generally we're probably only sitting at like you know probably seventy percent of what we'd peak at through the season. As, yep. as, you know, as you know, fans give up hope and just aren't interested in rugby league and fuck off. This season though, mate, it's been consistent like the whole time. Like you know, fucking comparable within probably you know like a hundred, two hundred downloads an episode, which is fucking you know. People still love us. It's good, yeah. It's very good. Even okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll kick off with the uh, Brisbane Broncos game. Uh, Newcastle Knights twenty six beat the Broncos eighteen up there at SunCorp. Crowd twenty seven thousand six hundred one, so not too bad. Um, the Broncos not too bad. It's not too bad. That's probably, a good crowd. That's you know, it's not half full. But, you know, you know, bit shit. You know, probably could have filled the stadium. Fifty two and a half thousand. So do your math. Well, I was get like more than fifty two and a half in there for Origin. They got up to fifty five. Sure. Fifty two. What was 52, that? What was the game they got the fucking that, that game that we went game. to at Origin? No, no. The, what are the Union game where they they gend all those cunts in there? The was it Lions? Australia versus Lions. Oh, fuck the one. They probably had some people sleep out the back. In any case, in any case, you would say because I didn't say it was. Oh my goodness! They've struck on the exact number of the half full of the stadium. No, it's about half full. It's closer to half full than fucking you know any other milestone. Oh, it's it was fifty three point two five percent full. That's what I expect from you. Bravo! Shut up, <laughs> fucker. Newcastle Knights twenty six points came from double to Joey, little Joey, the fucking battler, Lay Lua. Um, <laughs> Kirk Eadley got one. Darius Boyd got a couple. Douchebag. Uh, Kirk Eadley got one conversion, and Tyrone Roberts got two from four conversions. Kirk Eadley, of course. Um, slaughtered uh, you know uh, at some point through the game there he looked like he was on the green whistle he was in a fucking world of hurt there he looked like like a broken uh, a broken foot or broken bone in his foot or something like that I think it was Uh, the Broncos 18 points came from tries to Corey Parker Andrew McCulloch and Corey Oates Prince two from three conversions and a penalty goal I took Jackson to this game and um, he was fairly fucking excited be fairly fucking disappointed by the time eighty minutes rolled around. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't real happy. Yeah. Was not real happy with the uh, certainly with the second half performance. But um, I've got to say for the Broncos, they 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 try valiantly. And <laughs> but they've got too many in air quotes, too many first graders. Yeah. And not enough genuine game breakers. Yeah. There's no one in there with certainly with Hodges out. There's no one in there that you could say you know has the capability. To really take a, gra- a game by the scruff of the neck and and try and drag his team to victory, yeah. There's, there's not one player in that squad. 
It's true. It's true at the moment as they stand. As good as Hoffman is, he's not that guy. Yeah, I mean, as good as Hoffman is, he's a guy that probably wouldn't fucking, you know, get a run in half the teams in the comp. Oh, that's that's crap. But he's not a, he's not a game breaker. He's not a, a Sean Johnson or, or Luke Brooks. <laughs> Luke you know, he's Brooks. not these types of player. He's not playing um, with fucking Mobile over here. He's playing <laughs> with the big boys. <laughs> um, and I think that was was really exploited in this game. And you know, the game they they worked themselves with a real you know tradesman like performance. They worked themselves into a position where they they had control of the game. Uh-huh. Um, the Knights came back at them, and that, that's when you know the Darren Lockyers of the world and people like that really would have stood up and and led them for victory. But they just don't have that anymore, no. and and it must be a real, um, you know, awakening for their fans to 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 watch it. It's interesting to, you know, as a neutral fan to sit there and 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 watch the interaction of the crowd and how they react to certain things because they've become very very accustomed to winning. Oh yeah, and they don't they don't like it when their team doesn't make the finals, and it's happened three times. What three times in twenty five years? Yeah, you know, welcome to fucking reality. For some teams. <laughs> like your team, for example. Or like personally, I, don't, I can't remember what it's like to fucking miss the finals, right? Quite frankly, it's been so long. <laughs> but, you know, we are a unique case. The only team to consecutively do it so many times. But you know, I understand your point. Your point's well made. I just, Can I, wish, I go to Twitter? <laughs> I wish you would just not talk. Um, I think Darius Boyd picked his moments nicely in this game. Um but I think he needs to do more of it, um, and they need more from him if they're going to be if it, the Knights are going to be a factor in the finals. Um, and just the last point, Uate's bomb try. Oh, um, Jackson was so intense watching this game. Yeah. I thought he was going to just pass out when they were showing the replays of Uate dropping that ball. Watch this like, like from like like as, as in you you are such a spastic. How could you do that? No, he was like. Because he was filthy that they'd scored. Okay, so he's like, "Oh, you know, please, please let me try, please let me try." And no, he was like, he was adamant that it was going to be a try, okay. and then they're, they're, you know, waiting for the decision, and then they're showing the replay, right. and he's just like in my face, going, "Dad, he dropped it, he dropped it, Dad, Dad, he dropped it." I'm like, "I'm right here, mate," you know. And the lady next right, to me is right, just like, "Kid, he's fucking dropped it, all right." The lady next to me is like, "Wow, he's he's into it, isn't he?" So, yeah, <laughs> he's intense. You've. Uh, You've got no idea. <laughs> All right, so now I can go to Twitter? Certainly. Mr. Wars, Broncos fans, very staunch. Uh, thank fuck that is over with. Like an awkward one-night stand, now I'm done with it. I want this year the fuck out of my house. Bring on 2014. you got a week to go, dude. Um, actually, the question I've got for you, being in the home games, are there many rally towels getting out and about? Nah. None? Nah. Wow. Rally towels gone, dead and buried. Consigned to, consigned to the, the same place wherever they fucking put... Uh, John Plath. <laughs> uh, Blue underscore Beaver. Better luck next year, Broncos. And by better, I mean same. And Parker to resume kicking duties. Hash eat a dick. Hash rally tail. Wow. JR underscore Buff. Twas a classic tale. Good versus evil. A tale of heroics. A tale of a bunch of extraordinary men triumphing against adversity. Newcastle. Uh, then we got CA photo 10. So, no Broncos into finals. Does this mean all Friday night semifinals are cancelled? That's an excellent point, and unfortunately, they are not. I liked it better when it was like a Saturday one and a Sunday Arvo. If it was, you know, it was going to be, you know, when they get down the stage where there's a couple of games. Like you see that Manly are likely to be playing Friday night finals after playing a Sunday afternoon game, and the team that they're playing is on playing on Friday night this week. Oh. 
Poor Manly. Fucking tell ya. The the conspiracy is real. Oh god. But despite that we still fucking win. Because that's what champions do. Eddie NZ. Fuck you sound like me. <laughs> yeah, except I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie NZ. The refs might have sucked, but we were worse. Lucky to finish in thirteenth, to be honest. More changes have to be made for next year. Is thirteenth guaranteed? I don't know. I haven't had a look at the ladder nah, predictor. The Tigers can't pass them. Tigers can't get past them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about those three spastics underneath them later. Uh, and Eddie NZ again said, uh, well, at least GTA 5 comes out in September. Hash staying positive. Hash roll on 2014. And uh, CA Photo 10 finally. <laughs> Great to see the Ben Pomeroy Dick Fingers Society opened his Newcastle chapter last night. Hash Uate. <laughs> Okay, Dick next. Fingers, that's the greatest thing ever. It is. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 32. Destroyed the West Tigers, 18, at the Sydney Football Stadium. And uh, the points, the uh, Rabbitohs, 32, came from tries to Sergis, Lurgis, Adam Reynolds, Dylan Farrell, Nathan Merritt. Reynolds, perfect from the boot. Five from five conversions and one from one penalty goals. And the West Tigers, their 18, came from tries to Tim Simona, James Tedesco, Hot Sauce, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Benji Marshall with a... I guess acceptable three from three. Look, all the, the Tigers ran out to an eighteen nil lead, um, and they scored all their points while uh, Sam Burgess was sin binned for a uh, a pretty ordinary professional foul where he could have killed someone. He was cronk binned. Um, he was. He was cronk binned like really to the max. I mean, and, there was nothing in that. There at was all. an element of that in Sam Thorday's one too. Like three or four minutes into a game, there's fucking nothing in that yeah, at all. Exactly. Um, and all the extra running they did after that sin binning clearly took its toll on the young Tigers. They ran out of the gas. <laughs> um, anyone hunting Burgi tusks would have done well at Allianz. And by <laughs> tusks, I mean penises. Oh, they field them out there. And anyone, I mean, I can't believe, like, you know, if you got up around the upper grandstands where the commentary box is and stuff, I'm surprised we're not sitting here in all this fucking workplace health and safety shit where people slipping and on the fucking jizz and saliva and drool fucking coming from the commentary box and slipping and breaking <laughs> their fucking necks. It was the most repugnant, disgusting commentary I've ever been. It's fucking amazing party that to. they they took their sights off Greg Inglis long enough to uh, to lord the Burgess brothers. Listen, they changed the Channel Nine logo, like you know, like you know, green and and red. Like, is there any fucking doubt that the powers that be and the media major well, Nathan, media partner want the, the Rabbits to win? They own the game, Nathan. And at the end of the day, if, if they want the Brisbane Broncos to play on Friday night. And so it shall be. And if they want South Sydney to win the comp, then so it shall be. Fucking apparently so. Apparently so. Um, yeah, I think it was impressive by South to realise um, they weren't off the pace by much. They had to weather the storm um, during the sin binning and bide their time and, and turn on the points. At that point, the Tigers couldn't go with them and um, they ran out of pretty convincing winners. Yeah, I mean, the, the, tr- the story of the game is this. Here we go. Sin bin. Tigers score 18 points and lead 18-0. 13 on 13, 32-0 in favour of the Rabbitohs. The Tigers' 18 points probably wouldn't have even fucking happened if it was, uh, you know, there were no sim binnings in the game. And, uh, you know, it probably would have just been worse for them, you know, probably to the tune of, you know, sort of 38, 40, 42 points to nil. Uh, so Tigers dodged a bullet. Um, like, after everything I've been through this year, you still, one week <laughs> out from the end of the season, you still have to kick me in the nuts. Oh, look, it's the ebb and flow. It's how you're it goes. Fucking, you're a cunt of a man. Okay, I'll tell. Okay, I'll, I'll only not no, no, positive. No, no, I don't want you to lie to me. No, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be positive. You guys just played the Raiders once, hey? This year. That's an excellent question. It was just the one time, wasn't it? The, the, you know, the one for Doctor Sexy. One time. We yeah, yeah yeah it was yep. Manly yep, Manly played them twice. Beat them twice. So I was going to say, like, despite how bad your season's been, as a fucking show. 
three and zero over Doctor Sexy in, in the in the fucking aggregate for the season. So so it's bad. You know, I don't know Tigers what relevance have, that has to the Tigers are getting no more sass. None, but I just want to try and cheer you up and say, look, at least we got that. No, don't, you won that. No, no, we that that makes that makes us you know on the same team and. Okay, so you beat him 1-0 yourself. Good. I beat That's him 2-0, but you know, Manly's better than the Tigers. I mean, clearly look at the table. One week to go, you still kick him in the nuts. <laughs> you fucking, hey, you could have fucking been on Team 3-0, but no. Shunter86 uh, sent us a picture of that nine logo with the fucking Rabbitohs colours, and he said, geez, nine are about as subtle as Glenn's poly lust now. <laughs> Hash at Rugby League doing well. Matt McLeod said, uh, worrying when one of the NRL's best clubs field four Brits, they start losing to one of the bottom feeders. Ash Burgeye in decline. Uh, Shunder 86 again. Braith can't kick a field goal to save his life unless it's 30 to 40 metres out from the side in the semi in 2010. Ash Tigers in decline. Flafflin. Benji's like a girlfriend who acts all disinterested, but when she breaks up with you, she blows you for old time's sake. And it is true. I mean, Benji's form has been actually quite good over the last two weeks, comparatively speaking. True. Didn't get us a win here, though, did it? No. Well, you know, you won the half. (laughs) CA Photo 10. Seriously, unless you're a Souths fan, you have to vomit in your mouth with this Burgess Channel 9 loving. Agreed. Dashing Dan 1. A little bit more subtle in his tweet. I'd rather have AIDS than be a Souths fan. (laughs) That's real talk. And uh, Drew underscore Nathan 5 said, uh, Women all over the NRL had their hearts broken when L Burgi scored. No killer python nudie runs this year. Well, I mean, is there any? There's no photographic evidence that genetically he's been as gifted as his brother. That's right. I mean, he's not a twin. You expect the twin. Yeah. Tom. Yeah, but it could be like a fucking Arnold. Having a crack. Could be like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito twin situation. Well, they they are similar in stature. And like George has got the fucking George has George has got Arnold hanging between his legs, and, and Thomas has got Danny DeVito. So fucking just a. Bald nub with a tumour. <laughs> uh, at B15542, aka Mr. Tourette's, asterisk. <laughs> Mr. Tourette's, asterisk. And he has spelled Tourette's right, but you know, I'm not going to fucking hate on him, brother. Oh, yeah. um, He's fucking dumb. Has Glenn creamed his pants with all the bird eye on the field? You didn't know because you're at the Broncos game no. live watching it. Um, Dashing Dan won. You know, does the Burgess mum accept an e tag? Hash Harbour Tunnel. <laughs> Oh, that's harsh. It is. It is true. Yeah. I mean, um, it reminds me. I mean, I've probably used this in regards to Mrs. to Mama Burgess before on this show, but it reminds me of Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> he does. Like, you know who Andrew Dice Clay is, right? Nah. He's, he's a stand-up comedian. He was in Adventures of Ford Fairlane movie. And he's very sort of you know sexist and you know like you know smoking and you know that kind of thing. He's like a foul mouth sort of Fonzie sort of character. He's he's, he's stand-up character, but he do these nursery rhymes with a twist. And one of us, he says, there was an old woman who lived in a shoe. <laughs> she had so many children, her uterus fell out. <laughs> <laughs> what? And that reminds me, and that's, that's what I always think of when I think of the Burgess mother. Oh, God. <laughs> do they have any sisters? Oh, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I do not know. I don't imagine that sisters are on the Russell Crowe breeding bird Probably program. Probably I'm, I'm, I'm asking the real questions here. Unky D, a.k.a. Guantanamo Hogan. Glenn... What's he doing? Oh. oh, yeah, Glenn. Brave Aussie battlers fought heroically against the odds, showing great signs for next year. That's what you say. In English, Tigers in decline. <laughs> Just one more week, and then you don't have to talk. Your team won't even be mentioned anymore. It's all right. It's all no, good. no, it's still will really. <laughs> At 
Matt Jim Frank B. How many fucking tweets are you going to read out about this game? Just the best ones. Tell Hart Trust me, I had to cut. I had. I had. I, I did. I had Everyone's to cut. Like, oh, the Tigers lost again. Let's and pe- people, people tend to tweet Shut more about up. the two. People tend to tweet more about both Friday night games too. Uh, Matt Jim Frank B. Okay, Matthew Boyle said, uh, as a well-mannered chap, well-played your men. It looks like it could be a better 2014 for hash Tigers in decline. See, that's quite nice, isn't mm, That guy's a cock. At Mad Cow's Disease. Watching the very end of the South game with the volume off, cringing anyway. Hash Bergeye. And the Ben Zed. Benji making his breakup with Glenn Harder with solid performances. Don't <laughs> worry, Benji. Plenty more brown boys for Blakely. Hash Homo. <laughs> Wow, that's way, brutal. Way to way to fucking you know be all subtle and dance around it. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand Warriors fifty pumped. The Canberra Raiders eighteen. I tell you, I mean, um, this is what I mean. If if if, if fucking Doctor Sexy didn't die on offspring already, I mean, this would have fucking killed him. Yeah, of of a heart attack or grief, I expect for sure. Um, at Mount Smart Stadium, fifteen thousand just over in the crowd, and the Warriors fifty came from tries to Elijah Taylor. And this is going, this is going to stab your heart. This game too, I can just really, I can tell. Sean Johnson with a hat trick, like good players do. Manu Vatavai, hat trick, like good players do. Simon Mannering and uh, Nani Lamape got tries, and Sean Johnson seven from nine from the boot. And the Raiders, Jared Croker got a hat trick, like average players do. <laughs> uh, he got two from two conversions. Milford got one from one. Hat trick of hat tricks, and uh, the Warriors were proud to win the Lottie Takiri Cup. Um, Beautiful performance, Sean Johnson in particular. Um, just when you, everyone was sort of reveling in the the Manu Vatavai hat trick, which happened in about ten minutes, he rattled off six three, and a half, was it, or three and seven minutes or yeah, something? Yeah, ridiculous. Fucking hell, that guy can play. Um, bit of conjecture over over who's going to make the eight, um, and you'd have to expect, given the the fact that the Tigers, the West Tigers, which we'll get to shortly, um, they own the Cowboys. You would imagine that the Warriors are probably a better chance um, of making the eight than the Cowboys. And in which case, I think um, given games like this, and I think they, they have more of an X factor in them um, than the Cowboys will offer. So I think they'll be a far more entertaining and dangerous proposition in the finals should they make it. Um, just on the Raiders, I'm not sure what we predicted for them at the start of the season. Um, but with the beauty of hindsight, it's obvious that they, at the start of the season, given the way some of their performances as the season's drawn out, given everything they've had to endure, um, you know, at the start of the season with Dugan and Ferguson in the side and, and, uh, you know, the emergence of Milford, Campo coming back and playing well, those sorts of things, this, this, the years really has been cruel by these idiots. Yeah. You know. Regular injuries and just fuck sticks. Yeah, just morons. Yep. Um, it, you know, they, they really, in hindsight, as I said, had the squad to do some damage, but, you know, they're going to be a vastly different side next year. For sure, for sure. Can I go to Twitter? Certainly. Solzy. Well, hash odd year syndrome is official for 2013. Depressing year on and off the field, hash pashitic. He went on to say, Raiders embarrassing off the field and on it. Fuck this year, fuck it up, it's stupid ass. And uh, True fan. Yeah, I'm not going to read that tweet. Uh, Solzy had another one. Three hat tricks in his game. Obviously not a game featuring Lottie. <laughs> had to go in and kick it. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan five. Holy fuck balls. I checked the Warrior versus Faders score. Nearly shit my pants. It gets, Sandor, it gets Shandor back. Those boys need peptide stat. 
Uh, Shunter 86. Three hat-tricks in one game. Sure, some might be impressed. Not me, having seen four Bergei in one game. Hash, did you know they're brothers? <laughs> and that is one of the great fucking tweets. The Ben Zed. I just snuck a Sandor Earl full of drugs across the US-Mexican border. Hash, how are you so shit in spite of using peptides? <laughs> Moving on to the Doggies, 34, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 14. Um, Doggies, 34 points came from tries to James Graham, Trent Hodkinson, Tim Laffey got a double, Mitch Brown and Kristen Inu. Hodkinson actually kicked some goals this week, five from six. The Panthers had a double to Isaac John, Josh Manhall got one as well, Luke Walsh, two from two on the conversions and one penalty goal from one attempt. Yeah, Penrith are gallant in this game, but ultimately, ultimately outclassed. Um... I think it's probably not a bad thing that their season's ended where it has given the based on performances like this against the Bulldogs who um, there's probably a gap between them and the top four um, ability-wise. Uh, I think that Penrith, had they made it, squeezed into the eight, they, they would have been cannon fodder for the better sides anyway. Um, what about the run from T-Rex to set up the try? Yeah, about um, time he fucking did something. I don't know if it was worth 600 grand. If it wasn't for a, a complete season of crap form... Teams that are going to be potentially facing Canterbury in the finals could be worried about uh, the form of T-Rex, but um, there's absolutely nothing to say we'll see a run like that again for the duration of the season, if not his career. Exactly. Um, we will We will not, absolutely. I will fucking, I'll put my balls on the chopping block and say we will not see that from him again this season because his season only has two weeks to run anyway. <laughs> um, Josh Mansour for the, for the uh, Panthers, fuck, he's a good player. Yeah. He's got all the tools. Oh, I, I think he's going to be one of the best wingers in the comp in the next um, two seasons. Um, he's he's fast first and foremost. Obviously, it's important on the wing. Um, certainly strong. He's got good good footwork. He works hard. Brings the ball out of their own end really strongly. So um, got all the tools to be a great winger. All right. Can I move on? Certainly. Mr. Bowles. Q meets Rack for another season. Not a lot of intensity on display for large parts here tonight. Don't let it go easy, boys. Uh, GT351 underscore John said, Ugly first half, much improved second half, and kept them scoreless for 60 60 minutes. Great come from behind win, and T-Rex was awoken. Go doggies. For one run. Yeah. Blue underscore Beaver. I wasn't death riding the Panthers, but I'm stoked they'll have nothing to play for next week versus the Premiers in waiting. And uh, Mr. Bowles, in the final words, said, absolute tosh, gutted at the premature end to another season. Sometimes I wonder why I bother getting excited. I mean, let's be fucking realistic here. You haven't got much in life to get excited about. No, but I mean, is there, a gen- is there a Penrith Panthers fan that can genuinely tell me, without being fucking, without glenning it up and fucking Team of Destiny asterisking it up, and say so they genuinely expected them to fucking make the finals, even when they were doing it in the middle of their little run? Yeah, they overachieved. Settled down, man. They, yeah, exactly. I mean, they had a lot of injuries. They got plenty of valid, valid excuses. But You know, me. I mean, it's easy when you're from Penrith to, to you know, get mistaken with your, your football team and, and, and mix them up with, you know, the real potential of, of a, a side from the Western Suburbs and, <laughs> and think that they are indeed the team of destiny undefeated. It's like um, Fukushima fucking nuclear plant seeped radiation down the Pacific Ocean into Western Sydney and fucking the isotopes robbed players west of in Western Sydney of football playing ability this season. Nice. <laughs> Don't have an answer to that. That it's, was too well thought out. It's science. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 28, destroyed the Melbourne Storm, 8, at Fortress Brookvale Oval, the happiest place on earth and best ground in the comp. Crowd of 17,179 people were delighted to see a hat-trick 
to Wolfman, David Williams. A double to the Prince, Brett Stewart, and Daly Cherry Evans also got one. Uh, Jamie Lyon. Admittedly, they were all from the sideline, but fucking hell, one from six. That's Ben. That Benji looked at that performance and said, "Damn, you need fucking kicking practice, son." And uh, he got one from one penalty goals, which is you know, more or less in front. Uh, Melbourne Storm eight points tries to Sissa Wanga and Justin O'Neill, and uh, that Justin O'Neill try was fucking bullshit. But we'll get into that. And uh, Cameron Smith, he couldn't kick a goal to save his life either. Zero from two. I told you last week, but you wouldn't listen to me, and and I think that makes you a shit fan that Manly owned the Storm, um, and they showed it in this game. Melbourne were never in the game and, and never really looked like they had an answer to Manly um, defensively and certainly didn't uh, didn't possess the creativity and ability and attack to um, to work them open and to put points on. I think they um, they, they had one good play uh, to score one try in the whole game and, and try as they might, they, they couldn't get the job done. Manly's defence was too good. Um, they controlled possession, which um, obviously... Um, Took its toll on the storm and, and Manly just continually heaped on the pressure and, and just piled on the points early. Um, and, and often in the first half, uh, the game was fucking over at halftime. Exactly. It was 20-0 at one point and it was looking yeah. like it was going to be, you know, go up to 40-0. I think but it's a great sign heading into the finals psychologically for Manly. Um, if they happen to play Melbourne again, Melbourne will be half beaten before they run out. Exactly. And, um, you know that that's a uh, you know considering you know the general consensus is that the premier uh, is going to be come from the top four, uh, given the chasm that's these top four sides have have built between them them and the rest of the competition, um, and when you've got that sort of advantage over one of the other teams in the top four, it it really is a fucking massive massive leg up. Exactly, exactly. Wolfman and fucking and Jamie Lyon were just just toyed with them out there all fucking game. It was ridiculous. There was you know strong across the park. Brent Kite played a really good game. Um, just absolutely flawless. Apart from the goal kicking of Jamie Lyon, absolutely flawless victory. Couldn't have been happier with it. Um, that second Melbourne try though. Do you see that that second try? Yeah. Where fucking Billy Slater ran, he was ten, he was offside in the first place. Ran offside into Glenn Stewart, knocked him over. Another player kind of did a bit of a fucking Hollywood, you know, trip over him as well. And clear obstruction, and they go over and score in the left, and it's no try. Now, the video referee never fucking played football because it doesn't matter where the try was scored. The fact is, Glenn Stewart being taken out of the play means that whoever was on his outside has to cover the inside for him not being there and it instantly creates an overlap and, you know, for, for the Storm attacking players to score the try. I mean, it's fucking Rugby League 101. It's amazing what Manly can do when they aren't being robbed by referees. I oh, know, it, 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 really, it really is. And actually, we haven't spoken about the fucking video referee thing this weekend. Sensational. Making these guys accountable and having to fucking explain why their decision... Well, they you know, do sound place. like fucking gronks, though. They do sound like gronks, but can you can you think of, like, massive outcry nah. this weekend over, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe they didn't award that try? No. Nah. Oh, now they're accountable, and they have to explain themselves immediately after. Isn't it amazing that the decision's fucking improved, you know, 100%? It's well, amazing. Well, it could just be a coincidence. Could, well, I, guess, away. I wonder if it's going to... Is it going to be an ongoing thing for all games? Because if it, if it is, I'll, you know, I guess we'll see how it you know pans out over time and trends. But uh, promising signs. Uh, where are we? Twitter. Michael Darren seventy nine confession. I'm a fan of Steve Matai. Good for you. Good for you. So 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 is fucking everyone else with a brain. Uh, the Ben Z. Melbourne three quarters couldn't catch AIDS at a condomless Sudanese brothel. Hash hands like feet. Hash shit cunts. Hash purple cheats. 
Ben Zed, not a fan of Melbourne, clearly. Uh, Paraman, like Paraman Mark II, seldom tweeted this year. He's uh, gone off rugby league because Paramount is so shit, but um, he's on the Manly bandwagon said, this is simply some of the most beautiful footy you can witness. Barbaric ballet, ballet at its best. Oh, hash, cheats getting thumped. Hash, stunned cunts. Kyle's got the, the, the thesaurus out. Hey, it's good that he's finally woken up and seen the, you know, the majestic you know, displays of skillful genius, you know, the, the mighty seagulls. Actually, when I was doing the seagulls live thing too, I got a tweet from Mark Bryant. <laughs> He played in the 2008 grand final, yep. yeah. And he's, and he's like, man, he's like, oh, man, I love your tweets or whatever. I'm like, fucking good. And I just kept like, just caught, you know, swearing my head off or whatever. And he kept tweeting back to me and everything. I was sweet. So uh, it's good that we've got a, a legend, a god of the game from the famous, famous victory. Um, Berkeley underscore Eagle. He retweeted this one from East Fan, who didn't send it to us, but it's fucking, it could be one of the best tweets we've ever had to this show. And I don't want to fucking over, over hype it. I don't want to go all fucking Pacific Rim on you here. But. <laughs> But, get this. Oh, what? Daly Evans is DCE? I always thought they were talking about Mark Gaznia. Hash dumbest cunt ever. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that fucking tweet. The Real Jedi. Our best performance this season, bring on the finals. Uh, Unky D. Wolfman achieves in 28 minutes what Lottie cannot achieve in his whole career. Another hash hat trick. To be fair, Guantanamo, Lottie did get hat tricks. Yeah, you know, just not with the Tigers. I mean, when he played the Broncos, he did. And rugby. Just not the Tigers. Blue underscore Beaver. Fuck you guys. It's starting to smell like 08 and 11 again. Hash Wolfman Howling. Hash Killer Killing. Hash DCE for Dally M. Hash Purple Cheats in Decline. And final word. Benny 2-7. Manly premierships came after Melbourne won theirs. 08, 11. <laughs> just saying. And I corrected him said, actually, Manly's premierships came after Asterisk won their grand finals. <laughs> same diff, you know. Same, same. Moving on to... The 2011 North- came after St. George won the grand final. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Quick up a rugby league almanac. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was going to go straight through for a minute. And I was like, there's your opportunity, man. Is to set up a dude to fucking kick the shit out of them. Why are people so fucking dumb? Oh, I don't know. The same reason why, why are people so unkind to you? <laughs> we'll never know. Some things you're not meant to know. <laughs> Why do the cucumbers taste better pickled? I don't know. Why is the sky blue? There's a scientific explanation to that. But let's not get into it. <laughs> North Queensland Can Cowboys on, you fucking idiot. North Queensland Cowboys 31 uh, defeated the Cronulla Sharks 18 uh, down there at the dump. Um, Cowboys, it's the fucking best thing ever. I mean, they just write, this shit writes itself. Uh, The Cowboys, their 31 came from tries to Matty Bowen, Brent Tate, double to Gavin Cooper and Tarek Sims. Thurston, he grabbed himself a field goal, four out of five conversions and a penalty goal. Uh, The Sharkies, they had tries to Jeff Robson and a double to Jason Bakuya. Michael Gordon, two from three conversions and a penalty goal. What about Gavin Cooper's record against the Sharks? Try scoring record. What about his fucking try scoring record in general, though? Yeah. I mean, that dude scores far more tries than he ever should be fucking credited with. His record over the Sharks is like Luke Brooks over the Dragons. It's fucking unbelievable. Like, 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 like Brett Stewart over like Brookvale Oval. <laughs> um, the Matty Bowen Masterclass slash Farewell Show is pretty impressive. Um, uh, yeah, he's still got it. And everything. He could go and carve up England for a while if he was oh. so inclined. I don't understand why he's not. Those guys wouldn't have a fucking answer for that. No. If Jamie Sowell's over this scoring tries, give me a well, break. Yeah, he's, he's not really. I mean, he's a shit, he's playing like a piece of shit. <laughs> but Matty Bowen's... Oh, yeah. He, and, Intercept. <laughs> Matty Bowen's playing a thousand times better than that, though. Let's get that on the record. It. If the Cowboys do make the out, they, they'll be hoping that he... Uh, John Farnham's it for a month or so. <laughs> Keeps putting on his farewell tour. Um, 
Can the Sharks go deep in the finals with Jeff Robson steering the ship? No. I think we've asked this question previously. He did make a grand final with Para. Yeah, but that was a home plane. Yeah, it's he was he was the very fucking definition of passenger on that home plane. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't he wasn't the hostess. He was like a little kid, little kid who's like flying, yeah, who's flying without parents, and you know they got to check on him all the time and make sure he's not getting raped and all that sort of thing. He's you know, got, he's got that, <laughs> that is appalling. I'm going to move on from that comment. Um, Bo Ryan's little in goal fumble reminded me of some of the howlers he made when he was at the Tigers. Oh yeah. Do you remember everyone was like all shattered that Bo Ryan had left was leaving the Tigers and everyone was like, Oh my god, he's such a good winger, he's great. Fucking clearly I never saw the low lights package of his career. <laughs> some of the fucking mistakes he made. Just just a little glimpse. Just a little glimpse into what what was going on at the Tigers. Um probably his, not so much his last season there. Yep. But uh, his, his last couple, previous to that, Jesus. Um, Sharky's got a nice taste of, of what it was like to have Bo Ryan in your team. <laughs> uh, but good win for the Cowboys. Um, they're, they're building some momentum. It's a shame it all stops this week and their fans are going to be heartbroken yet again at the hands of the West Tigers. Yep, fair, fair comment, fair comment. Uh, now, we look at Twitter and we have uh, Shane Aaron Elvis. You see how powerful an attacker Fafita is, but fuck me sideways, he's not much of a defender. Luke Shark... Still wouldn't want him to put a fucking shoulder into me. No. Luke Shark, 74. Shane Haynes shits me so much, I feel like introducing his wife to Robert Louis, but I'm not a cunt like the North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> uh, the Ben Z. JT is a king. Glad the Cowboys make the eight. On the contrary, I can't think of a hardest partner less they, deserving. They're not guaranteed to make it uh, yet, are they? I don't think so. I think when we look at the previews this week, I think we'll probably fucking... You know, have a look at that and see what the deal is, and uh, sort of make, get some scenarios together. Maybe I like how everyone's just writing off the Tigers and completely overlooking the Tigers' record against the Cowboys since two thousand five. I think people are overlooking the Tigers in in terms of making they beat the finals. Two thousand six. Yeah, it's like fourteen out of seventeen or something. The Tigers. Yeah. Since two thousand five. Since whenever yeah, I don't it's know. Magnificent. When, yeah. Two thousand six, they beat us. We were up there. Benji did his shoulder. The Tigers were up there. <laughs> Benji um, did his shoulder. Fucking imagine that. Yeah, surprising, I know. Um, and I think 2009, I actually flew up to Townsville for that game. That was an infamous game with a mascot pissed on my head. And um, <laughs> That was when we were doing the show. Were we doing, were we doing the show that year? I can't remember. Or maybe, maybe, you just told it, maybe you just told the show. Maybe you just told the story yeah. on the show, yeah. Um, that was a real blood blood pressure game for you. Yeah, it was. I copped it. But um, yeah, generally, Tigers go all right, no matter how bad they're going in the season. And they haven't been much worse than how they're going at the moment, so... Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly. Agree. Okay, moving right along to a fucking monumental upset. The Gold Coast Titans, 30, defeated the Sydney Roosters, 22, at the SFS. Titans points came from tries to Steve Michaels. Fancy that. Bo Falloon, Anthony Don, Brad Takarangi, Dave Taylor, 5 from 5 conversions from Caesar, defeating the Roosters, who had tries to Mitch Orbison, Mitchell Pearce, Daniel Tupo, and Sam Mower. Uh, Maloney, three from four conversions. Ryan James had a bit of a running battle with Sonny Bill Williams in this game. Yep. You saw him drawing off at Sonny Bill. And as they were coming off at halftime, Sonny was giving him a, a bit of a spray. I'm just wondering if Ryan James has got aspirations to be the next stiff to jump into the ring with Sonny. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say he's like a stiff. Well, do you know if you can fight? I don't know. I mean, you know, running around like that, you know, on a football field, dropping shoulders into people and shit, you'd want to be able to back it up because one day someone's going to take exception to that stuff. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Anthony Don had a key defensive play in this game and then a, a runaway try where he just completely ran around the outside of Anthony Minicello who was coming across in cover. Um, 
I, I have to admit, I thought Anthony Dom was the second coming of uh, Dominic Payrou. Yeah, well, he, 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 I mean, he's he's been very good at times, but he did have that game where uh, who was it? McManus put four on him. Yeah. So you know, I mean, he's got it. In, he's got some Payrou in his game. Yeah, he does have a healthy dose of Payrou. It's like a French stick. Um, but I tell you, that try. Yep. There was no doubt in his mind he was running around Minicello. Yeah, exactly. Minicello, yeah, there was no doubt in Minicello's mind that he was going to cover him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was diving over the line and Minicello was, was very like, wrong. What the fuck was going on with that? Um, some worrying signs at the Chooks. I think they've become a little too reliant on Sonny. And he made some errors in this game. It wasn't his best game by a long shot. Yep. And when he... when when He still had... I think he still had a fair game. He was okay. He fell into the thing where I'm the the marquee player. We're losing the game. Um, stuff needs to be, you know, stuff has to happen. So I'm going to make it happen. It's going to yep. be me that does it. You know, that's exactly. Sort of and it, you know, that's he should be commended for that sort of attitude. But it, it certainly wasn't working for him in in large parts in this game. And I think some of his teammates didn't really know which way to turn, and they lost their way in the game. Um, and the, the Titans pull their pants down basically mm-hmm. um, they, mm-hmm. and the Roosters got super desperate right at the end and, and threw another intercept to Dave Taylor of all people um, who wasn't loitering around on the wing who was in the middle of the field lo- loitering around behind the uh, the attacking line and, um, and and managed to run away with an intercept to seal the game so um, a few worrying signs there's some errors in the in the Roosters game that they need to get out and get out quickly um, you know they're premiership favourites and that can weigh heavily on a side, but um, you know there was there were some things they did in this game against a team like the Titans, which you would normally expect the Roosters if they're on their game um, to be far too good for. Um, and this and wasn't round. This wasn't you know up to round six Titans team. No. This is fucking Titans team that's busted, can barely fit fucking you know seventeen healthy players onto the field. So I mean, these, this was a team they were paying fourteen dollars before you know exactly. like sort of when we recorded the show last week they were at fourteen dollars. So I hope some some of you's got you know something like that. But really, if you did, I mean, you're fucking irrational. I mean, <laughs> what were you what are you doing betting on such a ridiculous long shot? And well, what thing, about I had five bucks on the Tigers at when you feeling good at thirteen plus yeah. fifty to one. You should have gone thirteen plus on the first half. Oh, yeah, actually, they came back. They got one back, though, didn't they, before half time? Yeah. Fuck. Well, forget what I said. Um, <laughs> and the other thing to remember, too, the Roosters, I mean, they were out of this game and then they came back and they came back and then they got the lead. Yeah. And they actually had and it. And then, then they you gave had it that, up. And then you had that, that try to, uh, to Takarangi. It just fucking looks like just a massive, fucking massive lump. <laughs> and so he's got some speed, though, for a big boy. He does. Uh, okay, Mad Dog underscore no space. It seems the wheels are falling off the rooster season. At least all the people on the bandwagon can get off easily. <laughs> Billy Boy 887. Titans paying $14.01. That has to be some kind of record. It'd be close, you'd think. Yeah. CA Photo 10. Two things I've learned. Roosters fans are always the first to blame the ref, and Roosters fans write their side off quicker than anyone. <laughs> There is a bit of Roosters fans have been rocking the refs' fault more than like manly. more than manly to the power of fucking Broncos this year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, moving on to um, you know who wants to, but Monday Night Foot Bitch and the final installation of uh, Monday Night Foot Bitch. Parramatta Eels twenty six defeated the St George Illawarra Dragons sixteen. Actually, not 16, 22. Sorry, my mistake. Forgot about that late try to make it slightly more exciting. Uh, Parramatta Stadium, crowd of under 10,000. In fact, it was under 9,000, so not great. Uh, Parramatta Eels, their points came from a double to Fooey Fooey. A double to Semi Radradra. 
Cancio got one as well. Two from four conversions to Joseph Paulo. Ben Roberts, one from one, defeating the Dragons. Their 22 points came from tries to Mitch Rain, Tyson Frizzell, Daniel Vito, and Jack Stockwell. Chase Stanley, three from four conversions. I think this game, the ability to win and hang on um, late in the game without Jared Hayne in the side and, and whilst Ben Roberts was in the side, I think uh, it's a highlight of Paris year that right there. Ben Roberts is playing like a star at the moment in the last couple of weeks. Since he's been in the centres. Yeah. He's... Um, Leave him there, man. It's working. Exactly. I I think he's um, he's found his niche. Is he one of the 12 players? And do they he, still have to go if Stuart goes? I think What's he is he, one of the 12s, isn't he? I think. I can't remember. I th- I'm pretty sure I he is. I mean, sure, sure, that list. surely he is. Wasn't looking surely. at the overhead projector. Um, but no, a good performance from the Eels. They showed a bit of bit of guts. Um there wasn't a great deal of defence. Certainly in the first half, they um, both teams were scoring at will. Um, but, you know, come the second half when they looked like they had a bit of a lead, they, they defended stoutly and, and tried their hearts out and, and played some pretty good footy. It wasn't too bad. I mean, no, semi Rad Radra, I mean, he, he showed a bit, of, a bit of pace and a bit of skill. Fucking he, and, he um, gave the Eels fans a semi. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he gave him a full. Really? Yeah, for sure. Rock hard. Easy um, pleased. Speaking of rock hard on uh, Twitter, the Ben Z, uh, he sent this one before the game started. He said, "Cannot wait for Monday night Holden Cup." Glenn already hard at the thought of Rennie against Vito. Hash let's spoon. Hash Tigers in decline. Do the Dragons fans think next year's recruits will alter their season in a huge way? Oh, you know, fit Dugan. I mean, look at look what he did to them. You know, the times he was fit, they pretty much won all the games he played. Yeah, true. I, f- I forgot about Dugan. I was thinking more along the lines of Widdop and yeah, Thompson and those guys. But I don't see Widdop doing a hell of a lot outside the Storm program. But you know, yeah. I'll probably be proved wrong in that. And uh, you know, guys like Thompson. I mean, you know, he's a good player, but he's not like he's a game breaker or anything like that. I mean, you're not going to fucking hang your hat on that for a season. Um, and of course, this is actually the conclusion of the Hyper Bowls. We've been fortunate, you know, in quotes, over the last couple of weeks to see games where the, the last three teams, the bottom three teams, have played each other. Where Tigers play Parramatta and St George, and you know, St George play. Tigers so, finished a, a respectable second. Well, let's see what happened. The Tigers definitely they finished a. They ahead of the Dragons, and uh, and given the fact they beat the Dragons, they they also beat the well the Eels beat them, didn't they? So yep. that's a that's a black mark. The Dragons, however, lost to both of them. So you know, perhaps at the tie, like the Dragons are certainly you know if not the actual wooden spooners, they're certainly the the, the deserved wooden spooners. And I guess Parramatta and uh, West Tigers, you know, kind of tie up there. Fucking hell, that's courteous of Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Dashing Dan won. Watching this game is like watching two blind blokes play darts. There's no winners, and all that'll happen is someone gets hurt. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Yeah, it's over. Thank the Lord. I'd rather play league against Anthony Watson and watch that game go into Golden Point. <laughs> Chapo the Creator. Well, it looks like the hash St. George Illawarra Dugans take out the first annual Hyper Bowl. And well deserved, Dragons. And Dragons <laughs> underscore Red V said, uh, Positives. 80 minutes of pain to go this year. Eels got to win. Negatives, fuck this year and everything in it. And he's got a great hashtag here. Hash chinless and winless. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Previews for round 26, the final round of the 2013 Telstra Premiership. And we've got a couple of games that kind of impact on things. Um, firstly, 
one that doesn't really impact on a lot, I don't think, apart from final positions. The Brisbane Broncos take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs on Thursday night. So tonight, as you're listening to this, most probably, why they brought Thursday back for the end? Like, is it just the substitute, like, to just bring everything forward a bit to get, you know, get remove Monday? Monday, yeah. That's the idea. Because traditionally, the, the Monday night game would be replaced, you know, usually like a Sunday, like a night, Sunday night, 7 7 p.m. game, which I liked, and they did, you know, several times through the season as well. Sure. Um, okay, so this one... Broncos, nothing to play for except pride and the way they've played this year. They haven't really illustrated, you know, that they have a lot. Um, <laughs> doggies, they're playing to obviously secure their position in the in the eight and uh, and secure their final position for a home final in the first round of the playoffs in the, the elimination finals. I've heard that uh, Ben Barber's actually, in, in delicious irony, um, Ben Barber's actually going to travel with the squad to yep. Brisbane, whether he actually plays or not, it's another thing, but... Um, yeah, fuck, wouldn't it be interesting if he trots out and carves up? Yeah. Broncos will be in two minds. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can't see it really, you know, really affecting the Broncos too much. That's next year's next year. Players change teams all the time. I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a high-profile sort of thing. But, I mean, he definitely did travel with them. And I heard that he's actually, you know, he's going to play. Okay. But, um, you know, I guess we won't know until, you know, what, 6.30 or whatever it is, an hour before kickoff. Then they get the final official side. I think the Doggies like, will win. Whether, too much to play for. plays or... Or not is is of little consequence. Really, I think the Bulldogs will win, and win quite convincingly. Yeah, I agree. They got much more to play for. Broncos have nothing to play for. Doggies have a home final in the elimination rounds to play for. Doggies teams, you know, very very depleted. Um, you know, and not great at the moment, but they're certainly better than the Brisbane Broncos at this Probably point. Probably not a bad hit out for the Bulldogs, given some of the Broncos forwards. Yep. Um, you know, they've got a few um, Origin representatives in there. I think it'll be, you know, I I think in a as far as a workout for their forward pack goes, through the middle, I think it'll be good for the Bulldogs. Good hit out. Um, and I think given the lack of um, lack of steel uh, in the Broncos' defence out wide, I think the Bulldogs might be able to fine-tune their attack a little bit. So it's probably not a bad hit out for them for the finals. Okay, next on Friday Night Football, we have a, uh, a match that will ultimately decide the minor premiership, I think. Uh, the Rabbitohs taking on the Roosters at uh, ANZ Stadium. Yeah, this is a, a huge game, and again, much like last week with the, the Eagles-Storm game, I think the winner of this one gains a real psychological advantage. Uh, it, it, you know, that may change over the context and, and the way the, the game pans out, but um, if one of these teams can pull out a very, very convincing and solid win over the other, then, you know, it'll hold them in good stead, should they? You know, there's a lot of people talking about these guys, these two teams playing in the grand final, um, you know, it's a it's a very big psychological edge to to beat them this close to the final series. So, um, so who you got? Having said that, I think I'm going to get I'm, I'm on the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a bounce back factor with the Roosters after two poor performances. They'll definitely be up for this game. But having said that, I think uh, you know the Rabbitohs will probably get the bickies here. I think, but you know what? It's it's one versus two. Uh, and you know they're fucking they, they've developed a real hatred for each other this year mm. I remember um, I think it was on a blood buzz tweeting today that you know like for a rivalry you know there has to be more than one team involved so this rivalry between the Roosters and the, and, and the Rabbits is, is bullshit because the Roosters haven't been good for 40 years but, um, the Rabbits so Rabbits haven't been good for 40 years sorry what I'm saying and um and you know, and, and while I am inclined to agree with that, I mean the fan groups you know the fan bases for each of the two sides fucking going hard so uh, it's good to see next we have Saturday night, St. George Illawarra Dragons end their season in disgrace against the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, yes, it is at home, but the Warriors 
playing for an outside chance, mathematical chance of a finals appearance. And they'll give themselves the best opportunity to make the eight with a crushing win over the Dragons. Um, I think if, if Parra can, can beat the Dragons uh, last week and, and really come home after being down 12-0, um, and then Parra really ran over the top of the Dragons, I think the Warriors will have far too much strength um, and mobility in the forwards and then and way too much strike power in the backs to, to, for the Dragons to give them any trouble. Exactly. And uh, I think they'll win well. Um, whether it's enough to get them into the finals, you know, there's a lot of results have to fall their way, so I, I suspect that it's not going to work out for them. However, you know, I think they'll give themselves the best possible chance to uh, go in with confidence uh, should things fall their way. Melbourne Storm take on the Gold Coast Titans at Amy Park, and this is one of those games that needs to fall the way of the uh, Warriors. Um, probably the one that's the most cut and dried, I suspect. Yeah. Melbourne Storm, uh, you know, they want to bounce back at home and they want to bounce back hard against the Titans. Titans will be buoyed by, you know, getting their victory over the Roosters, but the Storm absolutely humiliated last week and they will want to get themselves, you know, a little bit of confidence going into the finals and I expect them to win this by 30, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be, uh, you know, a 24 to, to 30 point victory for the Storm. They'll be far too convincing at home um, and way too strong wanting to uh, shore things up before the finals. Thus ending the uh, Titans season. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, conclusively, although I mean, you know, you know, barely clinging to glimmers of hope. North Queensland Cowboys take on the West Tigers in another must-win game. I mean, the Cowboys are, you know, they're not as poorly positioned to some teams uh, in the race, but a loss to the West Tigers is going to put them in the shit. A guaranteed loss to the West Tigers is going to spell the end of their season, Nathan. It's in North Queensland. That's for we've starters. Won, we've won there before, and we've won there overcoming horrible adversity with you know barely being able to string 17 fit players uh, to put on a plane and send them um, into the depths of hell that is Townsville and come away with two premiership points. Um, you know we've we've succeeded in situations that are far more dire than the one we face at the moment. But uh, Benji Marshall, they'll send him out, send him out a winner from Townsville against the club there. Which he, you know, made his name with one fateful pass back in 2005 and a great day. Um, that you know was possibly one of the top five days, of, greatest days of my life. Um, and uh, you know the Cowboys are still reeling from it. Really, they've done fuck all since, and are probably unlikely to do fuck all for the next 15 years of the premiership, uh, all because of that one pass. And I think Benji will be looking to emulate that game and. Uh, once again, drive a stake through the heart of the Cowboys. It'd be fitting for Benji to go out humiliated as a loser for this season, you know, given the way that he's conducted himself. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Cowboys got far too much to play for, far too much form on the board at the moment. They're close to the form team of the comp at the moment. If you know, if you're taking Manly out of the you know the judging criteria, and uh, as such, I think they're going to put an absolute beating on the West Tigers and just put a, a real exclamation point on a, on a disgraceful 2013 campaign. We own the Cowboys and their kids. <laughs> Uh, Sunday, Brookie, 2 p.m. Manly Sea Eagles take on the Penrith Panthers, and this one it's uh it's it's me- like members members round or yeah members day or members appreciation day or something like that. Oh. It's actually rest day <laughs> because because <laughs> Manly crowds of, of 450 people now Manly have uh have secured their top four position and, and they they cannot be usurped by uh you know the Sharks or any of the teams you know lingering behind and uh, you know from five to eight. They've decided to rest some guys. Uh, Brett Stewart, he's having a rest. Um, who else? Obviously, Jeff Tuvi. Jeff is having a having a having a rest. You know, not of his own of own free will. <laughs> what most still resting? Um, they you know a lot of the players are resting. Let's face it. Look, Jeff Tuvi, obviously uh, 
not in once again treating the NRL with contempt and when it came time to uh, provide his team list he just took a dump in a bowler hat and shoved it in the uh, in the face of the official and uh, and this is what they've come up with um, I think the Panthers will be too strong for Manly and uh, <laughs> the wheels will fall off their premiership campaign because of the contempt that they hold the NRL um, in and they you know refuse to play uh, their full strength side I think they're they're showing no respect for their fans, and showing no respect for the NRL, and uh, certainly no respect for their opponent. Yeah, they uh, there's rumours of possible changes there. Like Tom Simons has been placed on the wing. I mean, that's not going to fucking happen. Uh, there's rumours that um, fuck, you'll th- put a hit on. They might bring up they <laughs> might bring up Clint Gutherson, who's a you know uh, lower grade winger that's been around for a while. He's a bit small, like physically, he's a bit undersized, but. He hasn't been named for the lower grade size this week, so you know there's every possibility that they'll just start. They'll drop, uh, you know, Jesse Sini Lafau off the off the bench, move Tommy back there, and uh, or you know move Tommy to start in eleven or something. Gower can go back to the bench, and then they'll uh, slot Clint in there. Um, and also the other thing is it's a it's a goodbye day to uh, Brent Kite and uh, Georgie Rose and uh, someone else. Where's George Rose going? I don't know, but uh, they have confirmed now. Of course, the other guy is is, uh, is uh, Joe Nullivar, of course, who's injured. Um, yeah, and the, the George Rose is confirmed to be leaving, but no no word whatsoever on where he's going. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that love George Rose. I mean, he's, he's certainly never fulfilled his potential, um, but he's a lovely guy and very good with fans, and I uh, always appreciated that. Newcastle Knights taking So who are you picking in that game, mate? Oh, for Manly, what about fucking 300? <laughs> you know, what will happen is the Friday night game has taken place between uh, South and East. The Storm game has taken place between Storm and the Titans at this point. So what will happen is, I think Manly, how, how much do they have a lead on the Storm at the moment on the four and against? You know, maybe about 19 or something like that. Yep. So what they'll do, they'll look at the Storm, how much did the Storm win by, and... Um, if the Storm managed to edge in front of them on four and against, putting them into fourth place, then that'll give Manly the opportunity to um, to really look at their position, look at who won the minor premiership, and they'll be able to go, okay, do we want to play East first or do we want to play South first? Are there injuries that came out of that game? Is one team more vulnerable than the other? And if that's the case, I mean, they probably don't care who they play. I mean, you've got to beat them all anyway. But, you know, their, their destiny will be in their choosing. I mean, what if, if, if they need to win by, you know, if they just need to win by six... Then you know, go out there, just win the game, and you know, whatever. If they need to win by thirty to, to get their destiny, you know, who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, they're showing absolute contempt towards Penrith. You know, and that, that's what they deserve. They don't deserve anything more. I'm sorry, I asked. Newcastle Knights take on the Parramatta Eels up there at Newcastle's home field in Hunter Stadium, and uh, this is a must. Well, Newcastle Knights going into this round are the best positioned out of the final contenders because they've got a draw on their record there, so they've got that extra, that odd point kind of thing, but. They can't really afford to lose this game. I mean, they put themselves in a, in a dire position and a possible position of being knocked out of the finals if they lose. They're playing the Eels, though, and they're playing at their home field, which has been a stronghold for them this season. So, yeah, I think Newcastle win it easy. I think the Knights might slip up. I think the Eels might get them and uh, finish this season, their pretty ordinary season, off on a, uh, on a high note. And, um, yeah, just... I think the, the Broncos showed that the Knights are a little bit vulnerable um, certainly early in games, and I, I think uh, I've got a funny feeling about this one. I think the Eels might win. There you go. And uh, finally, Sunday night football, replacing, of course, the uh, Monday night foot pitch. Canberra Raiders take on the Sharks uh, down there in Canberra. This one, well, you know, Canberra, sorry season, uh, demoralised, temporary coach in there, players leaving, players getting sacked. Uh, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Sharks will absolutely obliterate the Raiders. 
Todd Carney named, and I think that is enough to uh, you know make up the shortfall in uh, in Paul Gallon not being there. I think for feeder will just lift and you know carry the, the extra burden. Um, where's Wade Graham? Is he still hurt? Not named, so yeah, potentially yes. Interesting. Normally he would be the one that uh, picks up the slack left by Gallon, but I, I don't think regardless, it's it's not going to matter. I think the Sharks will win this uh, very handily. And that is full time for episode 136. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. And we're on Facebook, of course, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the share button, all that sort of stuff. We really do appreciate the people who do it uh, week on week. Um, iTunes, no reviews this week. That's a fucking terrible state of affairs. I mean, we've been spoiled by having them, you know, mostly you know, over the entire season. So uh, if you haven't given us a review, is what that is. Yeah, get your ass in gear, get to iTunes, uh, This Week in League, or, you know, look for us on What's Hot or, you know, the highest ranking rugby league podcast yeah, no no doubt about it uh, find us review go fantasy okay we're coming up to the end of our private group and Cerberus has taken the lead over, over by you know, very few like you know 20 points uh, over Mighty Bulldogs Greendale Goblins Dane Laurie for PM MC Willie Block Toto's Terrors Jolly Az Sherwood Scorpions El Dusho's Dopers and Burke's Eagles so uh, with the, the fantasy stuff are you uh, do you make the finals and any new comps no what about the Tard Cups? How are you going in them? Got to tell you, haven't looked. <laughs> Fucking great. Okay, um, I, I have had my best year. Three three grand finals out of five comps. Very impressive. One I was locked, knocked out last year, uh, last week, and one I was knocked out, I think, the week before. But uh, And the one I was knocked out last week was by, uh, I think it was like 12 or 14 or something like that. Wow. Insignificant amount of points, quite frankly. If I had to fucking put, uh, you know, Captain Corey Parker... Would have been home free because Gallon had a fucking Barry Crocker and Cameron Smith had a shit shit game as well. But, you know, what are you going to do? You're playing Manly, you're playing the champs. Of course, they're going to restrict your points. I should have fucking realised. Um, so, good luck, everyone who's in the grand final. Obviously, you know, we've, we're running, a, you know, almost 10 comps, I think. So, you know, good luck, everyone who's made it to the grand final in their comps. And uh, if you're in the grand final of, you know, Twill Comp 2 and Twill Comp 3 or 4, the, the two grand finals that I'm in that are in our Twill Comps, uh, Break a leg. Seriously, fucking break a leg. Forget to, to, to shuffle your side. Leave Gallon in or something. I don't fucking care, but just lose. Uh, tipping. Troy Schroeder has taken the lead, and he has a decisive two-point lead going into the final full round of action. Yes, I think the competition does go through the finals, but, you know, when you're only getting four games a week and then two games and then one game, you know, the points to, to, to catch up, it's not it's not that possible. Um, it was a really shit week, actually, from the guys at the top of the table. Uh, Desi's, so we've so got Choice Schroeder on top at 135. Desi's Ducks, 133. Voodoo Rock, 133. Boxcar Jason, 133. Ben Diggity, 132 in fifth. Williams, 277, 132 in sixth. And a re-entry into the top ten, The Real Jedi, 131. <laughs> so he's four points off the top. You're really laying the slippers into him. Well, no. I mean, he made it back. He was like 14th or something last week, but he actually got seven out of eight this week, whereas everyone else in the top 10 pretty much got threes and fours. So he, he made up a bit of ground again. He's back in contention, you know, if everyone else falls over and there's a lot of upsets. Lynn, she's on uh, eighth position, 131. Bendham like Fui Fui in ninth on 130. Animal NZ, 130. And Aussie, 1198 is in 11th, but he can force his way into the top 10 with a good effort. He's also on 130. 
And of course, uh, with the shop, we still have stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com and look for the online store and you can grab your awesome shit. We're getting lots of reports now. These Tigers in decline shows are fucking landing like, you know, like paratroopers on the battlefield and everyone's loving them, very happy with them. Um, did have a couple, I think, in meaning a couple, I think two. Two, yep. Queries about uh, sizing. I think it might be a body shape thing rather than a size thing. I think it might be a lay off the pies thing, just saying. I dare say, I dare say, husk, huskier, huskier people, um, you might want to order a size above, or you know, maybe even two above what you get, because we're finding, like, um, especially around the people from like the the S to XL range, pretty much, no, you know, no problems at all. I mean, some people are like, oh, you know, it shows off my pecs and stuff, and you know, women are fucking all over me and women stuff. Like, like, what am I going to do? I'm a married man. But you like, know, before you even put that shirt on, my fuck, you didn't even have pecs. Exactly. That's how good our shirts are. Exactly. Bitch. Exactly. So uh, that's, you know, it's probably going to be a size issue. I mean, you know, and in future, I guess, you know, we have to ensure that, um, you know, we probably, uh, you know, with the probably 2X up, you might want to go bigger if you're a certain body shape. And by certain body shape, I mean... Round. Round. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. Round's a shape. Yeah. Round is a shape. Um, and of course, um, if we haven't got your Tigers into client shirt yet... Uh, and you and you just ordered the shirt and nothing else. By all means, hit us up because you should have it. Realistically, I mean, it's I, I haven't got confirmation from everyone, but that's because I imagine that there's a lot of people that aren't actually on the social media. They just listen to the show and they're not on Facebook or Twitter, yep. so they're not going to reply. I mean, we're getting a lot of confirmations, now, but um, if you did order a shirt with other stuff, um, due to various trips to hospitals, etc., in the last five to seven days, I do have all the orders lined out on my dining room table. And they will be going tomorrow. Awesome. So there you go. Going Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Okay, cool. So that's it. Uh, as you know, the Revelation shirt's half price. So get in there, grab that for 20 bucks. Got Stubby Cool. Spend over 50. We'll throw one of those bad boys in for you. And um, that's all we've got time for for this week. So Tigers finishing on a high. We own the Cowboys and the kids. Goodbye. Manly, finish out your please, guys. You're in the finals. You're in the top four. And you're on the way to another fucking championship year. Legends.